This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Then Shibata comes back with Chapin fucking. That's a tremendous conversation. I live a horrible existence, so. All right, stop. Triple A. Very hard on yourself just for never yeah. being on a boat. I mean, uh, well, I, you know, why don't I know anybody who owns a boat? And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich Creech. He's Joe Lanza. Joe, how you doing? How you feeling more importantly? I guess I should ask. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Feeling better, great. Than, better than you've ever felt? that i mean i always feel i always feel pretty great (laughs) so you uh you texted me earlier in the week that uh that you were under the weather Uh, this was on like a monday you were just saying hey just let you know i'm a little under the weather we'll see where where things go you did want to reiterate that you do not have the flu and you have never had the flu no i don't have the flu and that is that is okay so for for new listeners what is this fascination you have with never having the flu because i think we need to identify and discuss it a little bit uh, you know, I, I just there there are people that maybe don't remember, or that you've kind of done that in passing. But what is this? You've never had the flu thing. It's just it, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. I've never had the flu. Everybody whines about the flu, and I'm like, well, I never had the flu. Now, and and okay, so that that's a perfect setup because what my question to you was: Are we talking the actual? Because there are people, and this is an issue that happens all the time. People will say, "I have the flu." And what they mean is, I have sinus congestion, or big gi- it means they're big giant babies. Right, right, right. And that's kind of what I wanted to get at because, like, the actual flu is like horrible. It's it's it yeah. knocks you on your ass. You're done. You, there's a lot of symptoms, but people will be like, they'll do like the sniffles and go like, oh, I have the flu. And it's like, no, you don't have the flu. Like, yeah. you're, you're fine. You're 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 like, yeah, you got some nasal congestion. It might even be bronchitis. It might even be a sinus infection. I know all too well about all those, but like, you don't have the flu. Like, chill out, man. That's a it's a big term to use. Yeah, that's why I don't even think it's that crazy that I've never had the flu. Okay, I so I guess that's – I was always under the impression, I guess in the early days of, of you bragging about never having the flu, I was always under the impression that you claimed that you never had, like, any sort of, like, sinus congestion or bronchitis or uh, anything like that. That is not what you're implying. Well, I've never had bronchitis, no. But ah, – no, had- there, no, there was that one time. A couple years ago, there was that the, the the when Jomiaki Hanma first made his debut. I think you maybe had bronchitis that time, but I I had a loss of voice. I I never had any diagnosed bronchitis. Well, nobody That's diagnosed. Like, nobody goes to the doctor. We it's a, we're Americans. We never go to the doctor. Are you kidding? We can't afford it. Well, the doctor all the time. I got supple neck. They tell me, but no, I've I've never been diagnosed with with the flu or bronchitis or any of these things. I think people are just big giant babies and they get the sniffles and they and they want to tell everybody that they have the flu or they have bronchitis or they have a sinus infection. You have the sniffles. Suck it up. You'll be fine. Everybody gets them. You know what I mean? Earlier this week, I didn't have a voice. I, I had no voice. That's why I told you the show was up in the air. I cannot do a show if I cannot speak. 
that's like a prerequisite. You kind of have to be able to. It's, speak. it's, it is. Yeah. And we have, it's, we have attempted to do shows back in many, many moons ago. We did try to do a couple shows where you had no voice. And those were not great shows, Joe. They were pretty terrible. There was, there was one in particular. I, I think cut, we went 45 come, minutes and we were just like, no, this is done. We're done. Like, because I come to work. <laughs> right. When you really should have not come done. to work that day. That that's like the classic like sports analogy where it's like, ah, this guy, he's you know, he might have a you know a torn groin, but he's out there playing. And it's like, you know what, we should probably just not have the guy with the torn groin playing because he sucks. Like he's getting burnt on every play. Like this guy's garbage. Like get him out of here. Put the guy that's we're much better off with a healthy guy. And and uh, I regret to inform you that all that show many, many years ago, I think we probably would have been better off just uh bringing in the reserve instead of uh instead I, was, of I remember that sh- I remember that show. It was a great show. And we also did a Wrestle Kingdom like instant reaction show when I had. Oh, like, that, right. That was uh, I think that was 2020 before the before everything went down. So maybe maybe Joe had early COVID that we didn't know about. But uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, we came on and and I remember you didn't tell me that your voice was gone and you were just like, eh. I was like, what? I just thought it was like early and I'm like, all right, well he'll shake it off or whatever. And then uh, you didn't ever shake it off. Listen, listen. <laughs> We're not breaking rocks here. I can, I can, if I, if breaking I, if there's, rocks. yeah, if there's, if my voice works, I can come on here and talk about wrestling for three hours. I mean, geez, my father went to work seven days a week for 30 years, never took a day off manual labor. I can get on a microphone and talk about full gear. With <laughs> talk the about Miro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can do that. It, you know, it, it's not a big deal. You know, maybe my voice sounds a little funny. I think I'm good enough to do the show at this point. You sound just like me. It's going to be very hard to differentiate me and you because you're really like nasally and a little deeper. So it's going to be tough, but that, that, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, you know, n- none <laughs> of this flu nonsense. I could easily have texted you today and said, oh, I've got the flu. Going to have to take this one off. No, it's a big week. Full gear. Big time New Japan topics to talk about. Okay, there's no reason to take off. Nobody died. World Tag League. It's World Tag League season. Nobody takes off World Tag League, you know? That's... Absolutely. We had that other discussion anyway of who would it take to die before I wouldn't do the show. We, we've had that discussion. We have before. had that discussion. It was a very, very small list. Very between, dark. Very a dark, dark list and a small right. list between you and I where, like, the, it, it, <laughs> the, the list of people that you would still be like, ah, you know what? What can I do? All right, <laughs> Rich, what's going on? Let's talk about Miro and Daniels. You're, you're like... You're like Joe and Uncle. I'm like, ah, I'd do the show. You know, get through a show if it's an uncle. You know, oh, sure. more Neil oh, sure. later. Yeah. Oh, I, I think the, the honestly, the list was like very, it was. It was like people who live in this house. That's it. <laughs> right. Like, and then, like, we said, like, maybe, I think we, we, we may have branched it out to the in laws as well. Because that's tough yeah. to be like, you know, your grieving wife and like her father dies and you're just like, yeah, yeah. All right, babe, I'll be right back. I gotta go talk to Rich for three hours. Like, you good? Like, right. you know, tap her on the back. All right, I'll be back in like ten thirty, and then we can talk. You know? Yeah, just yeah, put on yeah. put on some fun TV or something. Yeah, we'll be right back. So she's you know sobbing <laughs> with her hands in her face. You go, all right, all right, all right. We'll be right back. So it was like, yeah, it's people that you live with, and then like direct represent like direct people within that as well, like in laws or, or or something like that. But I think you had uh, so I I luckily do not have a scenario where. After about too many, you know, like uh, cousins and uncles and all that sort of stuff. I don't have that big of a family, and 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 Michelle only has a brother, so it's not like that big of a deal. Uh, I forget if TLB had had different offshoots as well, but that that brings up an interesting question. Does she have uh, any any siblings? Yes. Now, if one of those died, are you doing the show? 
Well, when are they? When, when did it happen? Like, if it happened today? Next week, yeah. In a morbid, morbid way, yes. Next week. No, like, like okay, so we do the show on a Thursday. Like, let's say one of her brothers or sisters died on a Thursday afternoon. No, I cannot do that. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So it would, it would, it's not just the in-laws. It does relate to... Direct siblings and direct family. Well, it okay. depends when when is the death too. I think that's important. Is it true? Yeah, <laughs> like an hour before yeah. the show. Right. You know, there's actually there's a weird uh, to get even more morbid. There is almost a like if it happened at like one p.m. There's no way you could do the show. No. Six forty-five. You know what I mean? You're like, babe, I'm already like I'm already ready. Like I gotta get you know that that is that adds a different a different you know, element to it. You know what I mean? You know what's crazy? I think if the show already started and she got a phone call. She'd probably let you go, right? I don't think she'd interrupt me. I think she'd tell me after, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. knowing her personality. She would tell me after. So, but if it happened that day, of course you cannot do the show. Like, but that, that's very dark. All I'm saying is, (laughs) like, I probably have a cold. Why would I not do the show? If I can talk, I'm going to do the show. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even go to the doctor for whatever this is. What does I mean, a self-medication for Joe look like? What, what, do you, what do you do? You just... Well, I'm very hesitant to take too many uh, pills or drugs. I'm real finicky about mm-hmm. that. I am too. I don't take anything. Yeah. But, you know, unless I really feel just terrible, terrible. I don't like to take things. But um, I've been, like, chugging DayQuil. And um, she's been forcing me to take some mystery pill before I go to bed. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, you have to take these pills before you go to bed. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't really want. She's like, just take the pills before you go to bed. I said, I mean, I'm not gonna ask nothing else of you. I'm not gonna make you go to the doctor. Just take these pills before you go to bed. So I don't even know what they are, but I've been taking some mystery pill before I go to bed. And you know, the one thing I can't deal with is the sore throat. I don't like a sore the throat. The worst. That's so when I feel like the sore throat's coming on, I will take the Dayquil because that that helps with the sore throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I, I I do the same. That's that's my level of medication. Most times, like I wake yeah. up one day and I have a sore throat, and I immediately I'm just pounding like uh, Alka Seltzer, Dayquil, or whatever. I'm 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 just like the entire day that I'm just drinking fluids. I'm like, no, don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. Uh, and I thankfully avoid most uh, most times. I get sick like twice a year now. So. Um, and I actually haven't been I, sick in like two years. <laughs> Knock on wood. Ever since uh, COVID started, I haven't been. I've never been healthier, Joe. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never get sick either. Last time I was sick was probably that Tomoaki Hanma show. That we did. I don't. I don't get <laughs> right. sick. Like, I'm a very. I'm healthy as an ox over here. The doctor even said so. I don't. I don't get sick. Yeah, but I'm not one of these guys that's gonna take like some cocktail of fucking pills every time. I don't. I don't. I don't need any of that. There's two things I can't deal with. I can't deal with a sore throat. That I will attempt to remedy immediately, and I, I really don't like having like a, a a headache that I have to remedy as well almost immediately. Yeah, you know, that's the only, sudden, the only time I'll take a pill. Yeah, we're we're very similar in that. The only time I will ever take like pain medicine, yeah, or, or anything is if I have a headache because like I get these horrendous headaches. This is a terrible show. Why would anybody listen to this show? Two two people talk about when they're sick and what they take, which is nothing, and they're never. Yeah, it's a terrible show. Uh, anyway, like yeah, when I have like a horrible, horrible headache, I immediately take like ibuprofen or something like that because my, if I start getting a headache, it always turns into a fucking migraine. And then I'm like throwing. It's like a horrible migraine and I'm throwing up and I feel like shit that's the only thing so if I but if I get that ibuprofen just in time I'm usually good so um yeah well whatever I have now I feel like death when I wake up 
But then once I move around for like an hour, I'm fine. That's and that's um, always been my theory as well. That that's I, I always there's times when I wake up and I'm like oh, I feel like crap and like a lot of people that calling into work, you know, doing that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna move around a little bit. I'll do what I do. And if I still feel like shit at noon, then cool. I'll yeah. pack it in and say, look, guys, I feel like absolute dog shit. I'm going home. But mostly by the time it's like nine thirty, I'm fine and it's just completely, you know, perfectly okay. So I don't know what to tell you. I'm a healthy virile man, you know. <laughs> Healthy erections, everything's working right over here. Congratulations, so just, congratulations on the erections! Yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, all right, so yeah, we uh, great show for the uh, the thirty to forty five demo that we're doing here. The here are headache remedies that we have. So that'd be a good. We should do that podcast. That's probably better. I think we make more money as like a a health podcast. That seems to be not a true chance. crime. What about true crime or health? Are you, are you we can... kidding me? We that was just all awful advice. <laughs> It was all terrible. <laughs> Not good. Ah, you feel like shit. Get up and walk it off. <laughs> right, right. No, see, we're alter- good- our alternative medicine is just stop being, you know, just, God, just, I don't know, just walk around. Just, I don't know, go to work. Infect it, everybody else it, at your work. Who cares? Yeah. The advice we just gave was don't take any medications, get up and walk it off, and go to work and get everybody else sick. Yes. That's what we just told everybody to do. So that would, this would be a terrible, like, uh, it is. It is bad. Yeah, I, I get that. So people give me like back in the day when I was sick, you know, when I would get sick uh, pretty often, even though I haven't been sick in quite a while. Um, remarkable. But you know, people would always say, oh, you, you should call into work. It's like your obligation to call into work if you're sick or whatever. And I'm like, but here's the problem. Like I get PTO. And right. that PTO is a vacation or it's sick. And there's no difference between a vacation day and a sick day at my work. Yeah. And I mean, I do vacations. I'm not taking a fucking sick day, you know. Yeah. So I go there, and then I hack and sneeze until someone's just like, "Rich, get the hell out of here!" And I'm like, "All right, cool. See you guys later." Like they need to tell me to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I'm not taking a PTO day because I'm sick. A because, like we've mentioned before, as the day moves on, you're usually pretty okay, or most of the time I'm okay. And two, now I'm using that for vacation. I'm not using it for a sick day. What the hell am I gonna do with a sick day? There's nothing worse than taking a sick day. It's the worst. Some people love yeah. that. Oh, good. I'm just going to sit on blankets and watch TV. I hate that. It's the worst. <laughs> you're 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 a monster. You'd rather get, go to work and get everybody sick. Correct. Well, that's be, they should give me sick days. They should have more sick days, and then I wouldn't get everybody sick. I brought that point yeah. up to it in, a, in, a, uh, in a review one time, and it did not. Uh, they said, well, you have PTO days. And I said, no, those are vacation days to me. you got to go work at a bank. I'm, I'm shocked my wife ever goes to work because – She'll just randomly not go to work, and I'm like, "What are you doing? How are you off again? You were just on, you were just on vacation. Now you're, now you're home. Is it a floating she'll, holiday or something? <laughs> yeah, she'll be like, "Oh, I took a sick day." Then she'll be like, "Oh, I took a personal day. Oh, I, I have a floating holiday. Oh, I took a." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Do you? Do they ever expect you to be there? Like, I've never heard of such a thing. Like, I, I've never had jobs like that. I had one. I had I, one job that had all those things, and it was very bizarre. And at the end, like." And in the like in the end, like you usually just ended up taking a bunch of those days randomly. Like I took so many fake sick days at that job, so that that was kind of nice, um, including the one where I called in, I I called in fake sick, told them I'm sick, and they said, oh, okay, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And then as I was walking back to my bed, I stubbed my uh, my pinky toe on on my desk, and I I fractured it. So. It was like oh, instant well, karma. <laughs> yes, I looked down. I'm just like, oh come on. So that that sick day was spent like actually going to doctors and like, yeah, doing stuff, which yeah. is just like the perfect irony. It was like seconds after I was like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna sleep in for a little bit, and then this day is mine. I can do whatever I want, and then I just fracture my toe. You know, as I'm going back to the the bed, it's just just unbelievable. 
Yeah, yeah. These these banks. There's like she she works as little as the Europeans do. It's incredible. <laughs> like she just never she's works. Very Nordic. Yeah, she's she's, like, she's from Sweden or something. Yeah. But these Europeans, they never work. Like you talk to these Europeans, and they're like, oh, I get three months off for vacation. Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah. Go to, I travel in six different countries when I go on vacation, and you know. I'm like, they pay you? Why are they paying you? Like, to, to not be it doesn't, I don't understand. You know? I will admit that I'm very jealous of that as, as a man who loves his vacations. So, maybe I'll. Yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't take it if I had, if, if it was offered to me. I'm just surprised that, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, but, we, it's definitely a different working culture. Uh, because, yeah, yeah. I, if I miss, like, a day, like, say I did take a day off, like, I come back and the whole, the whole thing's on fire. You know what I mean? Everyone's, I, I, I wasn't there. Nothing got done. Everything that I was supposed to do, nobody, you know, helped me. It's a fucking disaster. Like, I don't even like taking days off. It's such a that's pain in the ass. That's what I say to my wife. I'm like, when you don't just, when you wake up in the morning and just randomly decide, I don't want to go to work, who does your job? She's like, I don't know. It's not my problem. Oh, that would kill me. Yeah. I'm like, I, how do you, how do you live? I could never, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, yeah, somebody will do it or they don't. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, the anxiety of hearing you say that makes me anxious, you know? I'm like, weren't you supposed to close the bank today? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, then who's going to close the bank? <laughs> She's like, they're just going to have to figure it out. And I'm just like, that's it. That, I'm just, my brain is just ex- blowing up and expanding. Like, how is that even? Because the, the Especially the a world- bank, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, there's a lot of things going on at a bank. Like, that's a pretty big deal, so... The world I come from just does not operate like that, you know. Like it just wouldn't, it just can't be. But uh, that that and that's just like that's like the norm in a lot of these European countries. They just these people never go to work, it, which which is great for them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, great gig if you can get it for sure. <laughs> to, to never go to work, I will cough my way through this show. That's what I'm gonna do because, uh, like I said, I would feel enormous guilt. Not doing the show for the people. Why? Because I got a, a stuffy nose. I mean, give me a break. You know, like I said, we're not breaking rocks here. I'm talking about wrestling. Yeah, we're not going to the mine. So, <laughs> we're not... yeah. The mine with the canary. The canary, you know, you bring the canary, canary in the coal mine. The mine yeah. and... well, canary in the coal mine. Yeah. No, we're not okay. doing that. So, yeah. uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun show. There's a lot to get to uh, this week. We're going to talk all about New Japan Pro Wrestling. We got the Power Struggle Show. We got Best of the Super Juniors, World Tag League. We got the lineups for both of those. We also have the Battle in the Valley this weekend as well uh, in San Jose. That one will be on Fight TV if you want to watch it live. And uh, we'll be obviously talking about that, previewing that. Uh, and whatnot. We got some other additional topics if we need to get to it, but we're going to start out and, and and probably talk pretty extensively uh, about AEW and this weekend's Full Gear show. It's on Saturday, uh, AEW Full Gear. If you do not know, we are doing a live instant reaction immediately following Full Gear on Saturday. So this right when the show is done, it's usually about five or ten minutes after the show is done, you and I go live and we talk and we talk and we talk. We usually do about two hours or so of recaps. We go match by match, give our ratings, give our thoughts, give our reactions, all that other stuff. It's it's among our most popular shows that we've ever done. Uh, always on the Patreon. It's always super popular. The chat room is always uh, going nuts as well. So it's always a good, really, really, really fun time. So that's the $10 tier uh, at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Uh, there, so it is going to be immediately following Full Gear uh, on Saturday again, ten dollars tier. So do you want to do that right now, just so you make sure you're you're all set and ready to go? Uh, because yeah, well, like we said, five to ten minutes after the show, we hit live and we go, and we usually do yeah, like an hour and a half to two hours recapping everything, and that will be, as you always say, our only time that we are going to recap Full Gear match by match. So if you want to hear what we thought about Full Gear, that is the place to do it. 
uh, right there on that instant reaction live immediately following full gear on Saturday night. So, uh, but I've been, uh, I've been stressing this all week to, to, for people just to upgrade to 10 or get in on the 10 now and not wait until the night of, cause everyone always waits until the night of, and they do the impulse buy and then they miss half the show and they got to go back and listen to it. And, uh, today we did have a number of upgrades and subscriptions to that $10 tier people getting ahead of it. So, um, you may as well just do it now. Get the benefits of the $10 tier for as many days of the month as you can. Don't wait until full gear to do it. Just do it now. You know, slap pause on this thing and uh, go subscribe. Or if you're already on the $5 tier, go upgrade and just uh, just get ahead of it. So uh, night of, we always have to wait around because all the subscriptions are coming in at the last minute. And... We wait for them to slow down. And, right, we feel bad. We feel bad because, yeah. yeah, we get ready to go live and then we refresh and there's like 10 new $10. And we know that they're scrambling and they're trying to log in. They're connecting this and connecting trying that. Trying to figure it all out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they have never subscribed before. They don't know. So it's like we, we wait and we wait. But, uh, you know, just get ahead of it. Don't do the impulse buy. And, and that's what we, we see the names of the people who subscribe. You do it every pay-per-view. Just do it now and get it over with so you're ahead of the game. And then you'll have those $10 benefits uh, for the full month anyway. So, uh, yeah, get ahead of that. And we are going to plug that about a thousand times today. So Yeah, it should be, a, it should be going on. And they, these, like I said, are among our most popular shows. The chat room is always going nuts uh, night of. So it's, it's just a fun atmosphere to be in. We're reacting. We're usually having a little bit of fun. Uh, they're, they're definitely loose shows. They're, they're very fun shows. The chat room is always going nuts. So it's, it's a whole, uh, whole hell of a lot of fun. We'll be doing that again uh, on Saturday night. But uh, overall, AEW Full Gear... Uh, I have not listened to the Thursday tier review, so all of your thoughts on these matches or all your thoughts on recent Dynamite, or, or, I, I don't know. So uh, I'm sorry if I uh, repeat points that you brought up, but I have not listened to the Thursday tier reviews. I have no idea what you think about the build of all of, of Full Gear. I have no clue, but uh, I am way into this show. I think this is an awesome show on paper. Uh, to me right now, AEW is like almost a perfect wrestling roster for, for what I like and what I want out of my wrestling, and, and especially this show. I think has so much stuff that I like uh, in it. It's got you know top tier matches, well built matches, long built matches. It's got good in ring stuff, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those. It's got you know just absolute perfect heel babyface dynamics between some of the matches. It's got you know up and comers. It's got you know personality, uh, you know real personality driven matches and stuff. I I think this is a tremendous show. I, I cannot wait for this Saturday to watch Full Gear. What, what are your overall thoughts on the show? Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. They have a lot to live up to if they're going to match all in because I think that was one of the greatest pay-per-views ever, and it was easily their best pay-per-view. All out, all out. All out, all out, yeah. All in, all in was good, too, um, but yeah. And I don't know if this looks as good as that on paper, but that doesn't always necessarily mean anything. Uh, it can end up being better anyway. Um, but we'll see. I do think it's a good lineup on paper, and I do think it's been a really good build. I think most of these matches, as I'm looking at the card now, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, there's nine matches on this thing. I would say that of those nine, five, I'd say seven of the nine have had excellent builds. So, I mean, that's really hard to do. That's not that's not easy to do. To have seven out of nine yeah. matches have what I would call an excellent build. I don't think Britt Tay Conti has had an excellent build. I think that build has been fine. And I don't think Lucha Brothers FTR has had an excellent build. 
Um, it's been fine. I mean, I didn't really like, well, it, it, we'll see what they do Friday. Maybe they do something Friday for some of these matches too, because there is a rampage to go, but everything else, I think the build has been excellent and hot. And yeah. in some cases, it, only in a matter of the last 10 days or so when the matches came together, which is again, very hard to do. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. And, and, and some of the ones that we're talking about, like I, I'm with you that the all out card itself looked better on paper. Like it looked like there were better matches uh, on the all-out card, but I think the reason why, and, and I think you brought it up exactly, the reason why I'm, I'm I think a little more hyped for Full Gear is that, and I, I you know, I was attending All Out Live, and it was going to be a, a, a great atmosphere and a really cool moment or whatever, whatnot. But Full Gear to me, like it really, it, it strikes this like really cool balance of when I think pro wrestling is really excelling and really great. And, and like I said, it's because the, some of the builds are like, there's really fun, interesting matchups between the two. And, and you know, there's one match there that like, I don't know that I'm really looking forward to the bell to bell of the match. I just fucking love it. Like it just, they just built it up exactly how you're supposed to build up a pro wrestling match between, you know, the baby face and the heel, good versus evil, the good, you know, the, the fan favorite versus the hated, you know, like just real, real cool stuff in, in terms of that. So there's a lot of stuff that I like. And then there's, you know, some shades of gray matches, too, where it's like, hey, I don't know how the fans are going to react or I, so I, I don't know. Like to me, I think the build has been pretty damn good for, for like you said, seven out of the matches uh, uh, there. I, I would pretty much agree with the exact same ones that you said. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this show. Uh, I think it's gonna be a tremendous, tremendous show. Uh, in ring, who knows? But I, I think build wise, they've they've definitely gotten there, and uh, no doubt in my mind, they're going to be just a molten hot crowd, and and uh, we'll see uh, see what happens in the ring. But uh, let's uh, you want to go match by match uh, on the show? We'll start uh, let's start with the main event. We'll work our way up, and then 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 work our way down here. Uh, AW World Championship: Kenny Omega defending against Hangman Page. I I can't say that I loved uh, the old contract signing <laughs> in the go home angle, but uh, I think there's it's really hard to not make this build. Great. I mean, it's pretty much been done for two. You know, we're going on two years now. Definitely, at least like you know, a year uh, with, with the Hangman Page Omega story, and and you know, doing some of the stop starts has had made a lot of people angry, and a lot of people say, "Oh, it's over. It's done. There's no way I can't do it anymore." But you know, it's all gotten to this point, and I don't think anybody's really going to care on Saturday that like at one point, you know, Hangman Page lost a match to you know eight months ago. You, you know, like, but everybody would freak out at those times. Say, oh, it's over. Ah, the, the hangman push is done. The hangman push is done. The hangman, and it's fine. You know what I mean? So it's 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 going to be a really cool match, and and I think the build's been uh, solid. I, I I can't say that the go-home angle was spectacular, but I think it, 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 it hit all the notes that you want for, like, a, you know, a, a, a typical kind of, quote-unquote, pro wrestling build or whatever. I think they probably could have done a little bit better with that. We'll see if they do anything on Friday, but, I mean, ultimately, Omega and Page is, is so highly anticipated, and it, it's going to be Potentially a huge, huge moment in uh, in AEW history. So, uh, what do you think of the build? And and really, I guess the question everyone's asking is: This the time? Do you do the Hangman title switch on this night? Do you have to do it right now? Can you afford to not do it? W w where do you stand on that? I like the angle on Wednesday. I like the Don Callis thing. I thought it was creative because they made you think that he was away for like shoot reasons. They even fooled a couple reporters. Oh, there were people saying, I think I haven't heard about Callus, but I, I'm wondering, I'm asking if he maybe got fired or something. Yeah, it was cool. Because they, they quietly took him off the show graphic, the match graphic, and, um, you know, and, and he kind of just disappeared for a while. And then I don't think anyone was expecting that, you know, in disguise as the cameraman. And then they, they bloody him up. And Omega signs the contract with the blood just when you think Omega's playing it straight after he offered the handshake. I liked it. Um, but I could see where maybe you thought it was goofy. But um, I, I thought it was a good – I don't think they'll do anything Friday. I think that's your match close. I think because that was the heat. That's a lot of heat 
So I think that's a good angle to, to close things out and get people ready for the match. Um, I'm torn on what I think would be the better outcome. You know, if, if Hangman loses, you're going to hear all that stuff again, how they're blowing it with Hangman and everything. You know, this is getting very reminiscent of Tetsuya Naito and all the same arguments we heard during the Naito build. Every time Naito would come close and then come up short and people would claim that, um, you know, uh, they were going to run all the fans off and 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 fans were going to be impatient. And this time they really – and they never and, – and I was steadfast the entire way with Naito. It was they, they made all the right decisions every step of the way. They ended up drawing more money because they waited and were patient and did it at the right time than if they would have rushed and did it when everybody wanted them to do it. And I kind of think that's the case here. I, I really don't think there's a wrong decision. I think if Hangman wins, I think that works. I think if Kenny retains, I think that works too because I think there's a lot, lot of money that you can make and squeeze out of this Kenny Omega title reign now that you have people like Brian Danielson and CM Punk in the company. And um, they've already teased. They've done some subtle teasing of Kenny Omega and Adam Cole not getting mm-hmm, along. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of jealousy where Kenny's a little jealous that the Bucks are giving all their attention to Adam Cole. So there's a lot of money you could make on a longer Kenny Omega title reign. And I am of the belief that depending on how he loses – Hangman would still be fine if he didn't win the title here. Now it all depends how they do it. You know, it all it, it, it always depends on on how you do it. Um, but you know, it, it's it's everybody, like you said, has pressed the panic button over Hangman all the other times he's come up short and they can't keep fucking with the fans. I, I don't buy that. I think the tortured baby face is always a good story. Well, not always a good story, but is generally a good story. And I think it's a good story when it comes to this character. This character as a tortured baby face who can't quite seem to overcome himself is a great story. And I do not think the fans would give up on this character. Um, You always run that risk. And you do have to be careful of people losing faith. But I don't think we're anywhere near that point with this guy. And I do think he could survive another loss depending on how it came off. Uh, So I'm okay with either result. Yeah. And I'm... And I'm really undecided on what I would rather see happen. You know, I think in some ways it's the right time for Hangman. In some ways it might, I think it might be a little too soon. Make these fans salivate for it. Rich, does this sound like my Naito audio or what? <laughs> Absolutely. I I'll just play a clip. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Make these fans fucking, sal- make them angry. Make them angry and make them salivate for it. Because I think you could squeeze more money out of this thing. You know? And I and I understand it's a risk, but I think this company has incredibly loyal fans. And I think the Hangman fans are incredibly loyal to Hangman. And I think with each loss, you know, that bond between him and the fans just becomes stronger. You know? And you know, this so I don't think it's if you're a hangman fan and you're just getting ready for a coronation Saturday, I all I would say to that is you might get it. But don't be shocked if you don't. You know, the long-term arc of this guy might be the guy who just can't get it done. And until he truly overcomes all of his demons and himself. And I don't know that he's done that yet. You know, and, and, and maybe it'll take another year. Maybe it'll take another six months. Maybe it'll take another three or five. I don't know. 
but I'm not 100% convinced he wins. And I'm not nece- and I don't necessarily think that would be the wrong choice. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm I'm going into this night basically being like, "Hey, look, I, I I'm curious to see what story they tell, and I'm curious to see what direction they go in because I you can absolutely justify either way. You can absolutely justify let's keep the hangman thing going, let's have him really get tortured, really you know have to dig in deep, really have to work his way back up there. Like that makes all the sense in the world, and it's it's like you said, it's an incredible risk, and and many wrestling promoters have 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 failed at that risk. Many has, have succeeded. Many, many have have succeeded. Probably more have succeeded in that than have failed in that, but the failures are so prominent and so relevant. And the ones that people just always bring up, okay, they, you know, and, and I think Suit Williams, uh, who did the preview for uh, Voices of Wrestling, brought up a many, you know, a, a few of those examples. The Tyler Black is the one that, you know, of recent vintage that everybody brings up. But, you know, there's Hulk Hogan in AEWA, you know, back in 1983. I forget the name of the show yeah, where it was yeah. like, oh, this is the time. And then they didn't do it. And then that, I mean, Hogan lost faith in that company and said, all right, you're never going to do this thing with me. So I'm out. I'm leaving. And Vince McMahon within three weeks was like, hey, you're my fucking champion. Let's go. Let's make a ton of money. And uh, they made a ton of money. So, you know, it, it, it happens. And, and it's, it's a huge risk. It's a huge, huge risk. But I think that, Hangman's the right guy to do it if you're going to do that. I think AEW is the right company to do it if you're going to do it. And uh, I think you could stretch it out if you want. You know, my argument would be, and, and I think the way that I see this playing out, and, and and I guess I'll get your take on this as well, is you mentioned some of the stuff that Kenny, that, okay, you got the Adam Cole story. You have this story. You have guys. He, there's a lot of stuff that Kenny can be doing that I think he doesn't necessarily need the title to do. And in some cases might be better off if he doesn't have the title. Uh, as well, because to me, I think the Adam Cole story is a lot cooler if it's separated from the title. Like it, that's a big time main event, you know, angle the the breakup of the elites and an a, a Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, and you can do all that sort of stuff. And I think you can do that stuff without the title. And Evan, it probably even helps your shows to have you know, okay, Hangman Page is our champion, and yada yada, he's facing these guys, and then also you know the semi main event or the main event of this show is Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. You know, I I think you can do that and separate that story from. Uh, the title and yeah, is it too early maybe to do the Adam Cole Kenny Omega split thing? Maybe, but I think there's probably ways that that you know, and, and there's many different ways. I don't want to get into like fantasy booking or whatever, but there's numerous ways that you know the elite come out to help Kenny and they screw up or you know the Dark Order stops them or something like that, and that's how Hangman wins and Kenny can kind of say, hey, where were you guys or you didn't help me and yada yada, yada and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of a lot of things you can do and a lot of stories you can tell, but to me, a lot of those stories that that you said for Kenny. I think those stories can be told maybe even a little bit better without the world title. And that's where I think that ultimately, if I was making that decision, if I was quote unquote in the room, I would say, okay, let's do the hangman thing. Now I think now's a good time to do it uh, because we can move Kenny into a bunch of other things, a bunch of interesting stories and a bunch of unique things that he can do. And he can do those without the title uh, as I, well. Well, at the same time, we now have a brand new champion that can, that can main event on his own right as well. I completely agree. And that's what I've been pushing behind the paywall because the obvious program is Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson because they had that first great match that drew a big number and it was a draw. So obviously they have plans to do more of that. And I think it's easier to do that without the title. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Because and the, the and title's a burden at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and not to interrupt, but like, you know, this is a big thing that I've talked about in my, you know, I'm doing the CM Punk series on Patreon and I also did the Daniel Bryan series uh, on, on Patreon as well. Both those are up there right now. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. And, and one thing I had to reiterate to people who weren't around during the peak days of Ring of Honor is that very often, because you know, a lot of people were asking, well, why, why did Punk never win the you know, title before he was going to leave? Or why did Danielson never get any title shots? Or he didn't have the title for very long. Or he didn't have the title for a couple years. Ring of Honor used to, and, and I think this is the way to book a wrestling company very well, is you don't always need to have your top, top guys have the title. In some cases, 
it's better if your top guys don't have the title. In some cases, you want your upper mid card guys, your upper upper uh, you know main event guy, like those sort of you, you want those guys to have the titles. You want your secondary dudes to have the titles because the big dogs they don't need a title. Like Homicide and CM Punk and 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 those guys and Daniel Bryan they didn't or Brian Danielson they didn't need the title. You know, in Ring of Honor, it was fine. Instead, it was better off if guys like Xavier had it for a little bit or James Gibson had it for a little bit or stuff like that. And a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, well, what? I don't understand. Like, these are the top guys. Why don't they have the title? And that's okay. Like, in some cases, that's a better way to book because, like I said, now you have two main events. You have a a baked-in main event of whoever your champion is. That guy is always going to be in a main event if you protect your title well enough. But then you also have stars that can do stuff otherwise. And, hell, that's our main event now. And and that's, that's the perfect mix when you have people. And we always complain about that with WWE and WWE they're really bad at telling stories so everyone's motivations is just the championship and every title has to meet every every match has to be related to the championship because they have just no other story to tell no other way to do it and, and it becomes a crutch like it makes anything that doesn't involve a title feel like it's you know unimportant and AW hasn't done that so far and I think this would be a great step to move the title onto Hangman Page a guy who I don't think I don't think honestly with a straight face anybody would say he's like the top dude in AEW you, you know what I mean like I think he's got a huge fan base and, and people obviously love him and there's a lot of stuff you can do with Hangman Page but like I think there's a bunch of other guys that are bigger you know quote unquote stars than him but I think this is the perfect time to make him the champion and then yeah you're big time like you said your Omegas and your Danielsons and your Punks and, and those sort of guys and your Coles and all those guys they can get involved in stories and yeah, I think they're a little bit cleaner if it doesn't involve the title. You can get a little bit more creative with who wins and who's loses, uh, and all those sort of things. So yeah, I I I think that booking style, it, to me, it, it it seems like what AEW is kind of striving to get to, and, and we'll see on Saturday if that's ultimately their goal. Well, I almost feel like having the title involved in an Omega Danielson program is a burden. Yeah, because then you have to worry about that. You know, trading your title back and forth. If you get the title out of the way and just let those guys have a program, then you can book a cleaner story and not worry about trading the title back and forth or who or who has the title. You could just tell whatever story you're going to tell with those two guys. And I think Omega has more things in front of him, more money-drawing uh, feuds in front of him um, without even without having the title uh, than, than Hangman would. So... It might be the smarter play to just put the title on Hangman now, right? And then all of his programs benefit by being title programs. And they all are upped in the prestige factor because they're title programs. Whereas if Omega gets into programs with Brian Danielson or or Adam Cole or CM Punk, they're going to be money programs with the title or not. You don't need the title involved to draw money with those programs. Um, the only thing there is you run the risk of those programs – overshadowing hangman's title reign but that's on hangman my answer to that would be get over get over more than those guys we're giving you the ball we're putting the title on you uh you know now you have to take the ball and score that's how this works Mm -hmm. okay you know you're, you're in big boy territory now if you're the champion so uh, you know, you got to compete maybe with the Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson feud on the same card as you, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. So, uh, you know, we'll see, but that's why I say, I, I really don't think they can go wrong either way, but it might just be smarter to put the title on hangman now because Omega could do so many interesting money drawing things without that title. 
Yeah, and 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 yeah. Again, like you said, to kind of reiterate, it it, it is a lot cleaner than like Kenny can can take losses, and it's not going to be the end of the world. And and they you don't have to protect those losses with DQs. You don't have to do draws. You know, it can really have it. And and yeah. So you have the Danielson stuff, like you said. You have the Cole stuff, like you said. And if the if the Cole stuff blows up, then you have countless other matches between those guys. You have Omega versus the Box. You have I mean, there's so many other things you can do uh, with Omega, especially if you flip them out of the face side. So uh, yeah, I think I, to me personally, I think it'd be time to do it. Not necessarily because I think this is like the time you have to do it for Hangman or it's going to lose. I'm a more of this sense of I think there's a lot more stuff you can do with Kenny without the title. So I want to go in that direction and kind of let him go off and, and, and do that sort of stuff. But yeah, and, and you know, in the same breath, like if Omega just beats him, I, I'm not I don't think it's the end of the world. I'm not doom and gloom like other people are or other people will be. Uh, I just think that it's probably a, a decent time to do it because Omega, I think, can, can just do a lot. more. I, so I never bought for a second that these LIJ fans were ever going to give up on New Japan or give up on Naito with each of his crushing setbacks. I never bought it for a second. And I don't buy for a second that the, that there are AEW fans or Hangman Page fans who are going to stop watching the show if he doesn't win the title Saturday. I don't buy it. I never buy that stuff. It's just it's people's emotions talking and they never mean it. It it especially when it when 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 it's characters when it, when you have characters like Naito and Hangman who have that emotional connection with people it's uh, it's even less so, you know. It's it's just I don't, and 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 the AEW fan base is so loyal. That core fan base is so loyal that um, I I don't buy it for a second. I think um, now now look if you you can you can beat the guy in a humiliating way, and I think that would be off putting to people. It always matters how you do it. Like that always matters too. Um, you know, you, you look at Naito when he lost to Okada in the Tokyo Dome. You know, they that that was handled perfectly. He just got cocky. Remember, and he and and he got cocky, and he went for the Stardust Press, and that it was like on him, right? And that was an added element to the story, right? It wasn't just Okada jobbing him out clean in the middle, right? Okada didn't rainmaker. pick him up and hit him three rainmakers, then pin his ass and with his foot on his like, chest, like that would yeah. be different, yeah. Like that would have been a completely different thing, like like the way he beat Nakamura in the G1 final, which was a statement win that said, "I'm the leader of chaos." Now he hit him with three rainmakers and did everything but pin him with a foot on his chest. It was very symbolic. That's not how that win over Naito was. Naito blew that one. He had Okada beat, and he got cocky, and he blew it. And and it, it was on night, and that was a, you know, that moved the story forward, right? So it, all, it matters how you do it. But I'm confident that this company wouldn't have Kenny Omega embarrass, you know, Hangman Page in the center of the ring and beat him in humiliating fashion. I mean, they'll find a way to do it where – there's added sympathy onto Hangman's story. Um, now, I do think the guy should win the title eventually. I'm just not 100% convinced it has to happen on Saturday or yeah. else. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I think you know we, we're, we're both on the same page there. It's like, yeah, if it happens, cool. If it doesn't happen, I think it's fine both ways too so uh that will not i mean obviously the doom and gloom will be very very fun to watch on saturday so uh in one respect i actually do kind of hope that he loses just to see all the you know concern troll oh my god it's over ah this it's it's wcw all over again it's like this is our naito comp this is our naito i know because we were rooting for naito to lose just so like more and more people could say i'm never watching this company ever again then the next month it'd be like you know more people watching that for every single time so there was a shade and freud aspect to it yeah oh for sure without question but i mean um i just think i don't know 
I feel like Omega has more interesting things in front of him than Hangman, too. Like, if Hangman wins, then what? What, he faces Miro? I'm supposed to get worked up about that? I mean, where, where does Hangman go? That's kind of the end of his arc. Yeah, and that, and then you do run into that risk, too. And that that is always going to potentially be an issue with, with somebody like a Hangman because so much of his story is is this struggle and this climb and this... Speaking you know, Omega. Yeah, and like once he well, does what? it, it's like, all right, <laughs> so now, you, okay, what's the next story? And he, like, either keeps, he either keeps feuding with Omega yeah, or, or you know, or, or Miro beats Danielson and he faces Miro, but that's like just a one-off match. That's not going to be any... And he's not going to lose. Then what? I mean, does he... Like, do they do something with Dark Order? I have no interest in that. It, you know, it's like his 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 arc is complete. It's like now, what do you do with the guy? You know, for Naito, it was they have evil turn on him. That was the next big step, right? He had the he had the place he had the uh, the the place like the the the, the uh, placeholder defense against Kenta, and then they did the evil turn. So if Hangman wins, he'll have a placeholder defense against Mio, Let's say, and then what? And then what do you do? Like they had a plan for Naito. The Lij split and that and the whole that whole thing and no matter where you stand on evil or whatever they at least had a plan. I don't know where you go with Hangman after because he needs a new arc now. And is it and and like you're saying you run a risk. Does he have that same connection with the fans if he's not this lovable, borderline alcoholic guy who just can't get over his own depression? Well, now he's the champion, so there's nothing like what is there to get over now? Like he he achieved it. He beat everything, and he overcame his demons, and he won. Now what? So there's that risk, too. Like, maybe there's no more story to tell with this guy if he wins. I think in a lot of ways it's more interesting if he loses. I think everything is more interesting. Kenny has more interesting things in front of him than Hangman does, and Hangman's arc is still incomplete, and we get to tell more of his story. So I I think that's a good argument for Kenny retaining. You know? So – um, I think it's real easy just to say, yeah, belt him up now, belt him up now. But okay, but it's always what's next. And I'm not sure there is a compelling next for Hangman Page. Yeah, we'll see on Saturday. It'll be it'll be definitely be fascinating. I like that we have this conversation that that neither of us are really certain who is going to win, and no one's really certain which way it's going to go, or nobody's really certain. I, I I like that. That that adds a little bit of intrigue, and 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 uh, yeah, I'll be excited to see. Uh, what happens Saturday? I'm sure there'll be plenty of reactions, no matter what uh, well, uh, they decide to this. do. Yeah. Do you think the Miro Danielson outcome tips off the, the outcome of the main event? Uh, yes, yes. And because I have a very distinct person that I think is going to win this. That I think is an underdog. In I believe the betting lines have this person as an underdog as well. But uh, yeah, Miro. Okay, because I, I like. I want to. I guess we'll we'll just jump to that match, and then we'll go to to, to Britt yeah. Baker and Ty Conti. Like. I'm conv- Miro's winning this match. Like I, I would bet the house on it. And if Miro win, it wins this match, Hangman is definitely Correct. winning. Correct. Because yes. because Miro Kenny Omega is weird psychology, and they're not doing. I hate that. it. Yeah, I hate it. I don't. I don't want to see that match right now. So no. They're not doing Miro versus Kenny Omega. They're just not. Um, unless Kenny Omega is doing some kind of turn that nobody sees coming, you're not doing that match. So, to me, the result of this match is going to tip off the main event because I also do not think. They would do Brian Danielson versus Hangman. No, Page. no, yeah. If Danielson wins that, Omega's winning it because that that 
instantly gets you to that Omega Danielson thing that we said. And like, yeah, while we think it's cleaner to have it without the title, they might say, well, fuck, we have Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson for the AEW World Title as our that's main event. Draw yeah, like, that's going to yeah. draw a lot of money. People are going to pay money to watch that match. So, see, what, once you sign up Brian Danielson, you change your plans if you have to. Right. Because, especially as well as that match did for TV. So, a Danielson Omega program for the title, even though I think it can be a cleaner program without it. If you think you can make a shit ton of money on your next pay-per-view by putting those two in a title match, you fucking – you do it. Hangman can wait. I know people aren't going to want to hear that, but he can wait because you, you, if you can make that money, you make that money. But I don't think they would do Brian Danielson, Hangman Page because as you know, that would be a great match and everything. That's not the way to get – that's not a great way to get Hangman Page off on a good start in a title reign because the crowd's going to be split. You want to get him in there – with a clear-cut heel, and get him off to a good start. I would I would not put him in a situation where he's in there with another wrestler who everybody loves, and he's in, and you know you're getting 50-50 crowd reactions. I would not do that. So I do not think if Danielson wins that Hangman is going. I would be very surprised if they're doing Hangman Danielson at the next pay per view. Now that match would be less surprising. Miro Omega, I think there's a zero percent chance they're doing that. No, match. I hate I hate but, that match and it sucks. Yeah, don't do that match. That's weird. That, that's weird. Miro Hangman just makes too much sense because Miro's a beatable, hundred percent heel challenger who's a perfect placeholder. He's Kenta in my Naito comparison. Kenta was perfect for that. For that. Um, Whatever Dominion, uh, what was that Dominion? That was, uh, was I don't know if it was a new beginning. I forget if it was a new beginning or whatever. Begin- it was like so long ago. At that point, it was only tw- only a year ago, uh, or no, well, coming up on two years now. But I believe it was a new beginning. But I might be wrong. Yeah, you know, whatever. It, 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 they drew eleven thousand fans or whatever. He was perfect because Kenta's just a guy. He was a heel, and you beat him, and you get the champ off to a good start. That Miro's perfect for that spot. But uh, so yeah, I know. I think there's a good chance that this match is actually going to tip off the main event. But what can you do? I mean, there's nothing. I mean, it's fine. I guess that's booking. I, guess I mean, that's book. When you book well, that sometimes that happens and that's okay. Yes, that's true. That's true. Sometimes when you, you're right, when you book well, sometimes it's easy to predict, but sometimes it's better just to do what's expected than try to fool people. Right. Like right. To, sh- to show up on set on, on Saturday and say, ah, people think that Miro's going to win or people think Danos is going to win or yeah, so let's change it all. We'll change it up. So nobody knows. Who, and like, yeah, that, that's one company does that. And that's not a great way to book. It's actually a, a horrendous way to book. So, um, so I think Miro is just a stand in for whatever they were going to do with Mox. I think they're doing with Miro and, yeah, you'd rather have Mox in that spot. Sure, sure, sure. But I, I think, you know, honestly, and, and this is going to kind of be my hot take, because I think they've done a really good job. I love the Miro-Danielson thing. I, I think that's been a really, really... Yeah. It's only been built up for a couple weeks, obviously, because Miro got kind of thrust in there. And, he, I mean, they're not, like, they're not not addressing that. You know what I mean? Miro's just like, hey, look, I don't really, you know, I'm... I kind of got in here, you know, via, you know, some things happened to get me here, but I don't care because like on that night, I'm, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to go home to my wife. You want to go home to your wife? Well, too damn bad. I'm going to whoop your ass and go home to my wife. And it's just like, it's so simple. And so, but Miro is awesome. I, I love this Miro character right now. Cause he's just no nonsense. He looks into a fucking camera, looks into a mirror and says, I'm going to beat your ass. And you go, fuck that guy looks like he can beat my ass. All right. And that's it. <laughs> you know, it's that simple. It's that easy. And in me, like there was so much in the dynamite commentary that led me to believe that Miro is winning this match because and and they they hit it very strong 
uh, as well, which led me to believe that they were kind of tipping that off, and that's going to be part of the story, is is JR and Excalibur and Tony being like, man, Danielson is just like, he's not taking nights off. He's wrestling every single night. He's going out there, and he's busting his ass, and he's having these these long matches, and he's going out there, and he's working, and he's wrestling, and, and you know, yeah, he's undefeated, and yeah, he's piling up a lot of, you know, big wins in, in a short amount of time, but, like, Dude's got to take a night off. Like, dude's got to chill because, like, he's he's just came back and he's just working his way into shape. And, and and I think it tells the perfect story that Miro can say, hey, look, you came in. I took nights off. I took weeks off. I prepared for this tournament final. You were busy wrestling Rocky Romero. You were busy fucking around, you know, grappling with Bobby Fish or whatever. And I was ready for this tournament and I was ready to win that title. So, yeah, you were worried about going and wrestling everybody you wanted to do and doing your little wrestling tour. I'm worried about winning this tournament. I'm worried about getting that title shot. And I think that's just a perfect way to tell this story where Danielson doesn't look like a chump for losing to Miro. And, and like, I saw a lot of people say, like, oh, he can't lose to somebody like a Miro. I, honestly, I think Dana, uh, fuck, I, I'm doing the Dana Bryan series for Patreon. So it is very hard to switch between the Danielson. Uh, so I will call him Dana Bryan sometimes. You know who the hell I'm talking about. But Brian Danielson, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think you need to quote unquote protect Brian Danielson as much as people seem to think you do. Yeah, do you want to have him losing, you know, every single week? No. But like he can lose to a Miro. Yeah, he, he lo- just won he just won a thousand matches in a row. Right, it's Brian Danielson. Like no one's gonna be like, oh, I mean, I thought this guy was good, but he lost to Miro, so now I don't like it. Like it's Brian Danielson. It's gonna be okay. Like it'll be fine. So yeah, I think he can lose to somebody like a Miro, and I think you have the built-in, baked-in story there where Miro can say, Hey, look, you you stretch yourself way too thin. And even Danielson could say, you know, I I, I came back and I'm just excited to be wrestling again. And I took too many matches. I took too much time. I, I was too worried about getting in the ring, and, and I wasn't focused enough on this tournament. And I got it, it, it bit me in the ass. And then you also have this story too, where Miro wasn't in the whole tournament. You know what I mean? He just jumped. So like, I think it makes all the sense in the world to me. It's every sign is pointing there, and it's so strange to see like betting lines are like very high. like Miro is. Uh, I think it was plus 200 as the, at the start of the show or whatever. Like, there were betting lines that, that are showing, like, a lot of stuff for Miro, like, if you wanted to bet on him. And I'm thinking, man, like, I to me, the way the story is being told, and maybe I'll be wrong, like, to, to me, the story is, like, so obvious that Miro's winning this, but I don't know. No, I, I feel like Mox would have won, and I feel like Miro's just standing in for Mox. And because I think Hangman's probably winning, I think Miro's winning. I mean, you could do Danielson versus Hangman. I just, I personally wouldn't do it that way. Um, I mean, but you could do that match. But um, I, I also think if, 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 like we talked about before, if you have all these big stars and these other potential big matches down card, you don't need Hangman to have a super opponent on the next pay per view because you're going to have enough to draw anyway. So you can do a Miro. Um, it just makes more sense. So, yeah, and I think the way that Danielson basically wins on every TV show, um, he could definitely absorb a loss and they could tell the story that you're saying where Miro was just more well-rested and he didn't even have to wrestle in the first round of this tournament. Yeah, he got through. And, and, and yeah, you look at the actual match times as well. So Danielson comes into the tournament. He has to face Dustin Rhodes. He goes 15 minutes with Dustin Rhodes. The next week, he goes 16 minutes with, with Keddy Kingston. Between that, he's got the Bobby Fish match that was obviously long and hard-hitting. He's got the, the Rocky Romero match that was, you know, not too difficult for him. But there were times, and it, was, it, it stretched him a little thin. Miro, seven minutes, he beat Orange Cassidy. And now he's yeah. here. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. It's like, yeah, it was easy for him to get there and easy for. So it's baked in already. Like, they, even though they're protecting him in the sense that, like, 
you know, some people think protecting is like Danielson can never lose. He always has to win. Where the real true protection is that you at least have this. Okay. The reason he lost is because of X and it's totally logical and it totally makes sense. And it fits his character. He's a work, you know, he's back wrestling. He just wanted to fucking wrestle. So he's wrestling as much as he can. He's wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And he's not focused on this tournament. Miro is focused on the tournament. It makes all the sense in the world to me. You know what, though? It's AEW and you could just lose. That too. People freak out about that. Guys can just lose. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. You can just lose, and it'll be fine because they've established, you know, um, you know, a house, uh, a house style, and everything where that you can lose, and 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 it's not the end of the world or anything like that. And they don't, um, you know, so he could just lose the match. It's not that. It's not really not, especially when he's racked up all of these wins leading up to it. It's it's not Danielson losing to Preston Vance. You know what I mean? It's it's fucking Miro. (laughs) And and, and also, he hasn't lost yet. I mean, he had a draw, and he's won all his other matches. Yes. So why can't this guy lose a match, like, after going undefeated since he's debuted with the company? He absolutely can lose, and I think he probably will lose because – as much as I've tried to play devil's advocate with Kenny Omega winning, I, I, and in a way I'd rather see Omega win, I don't think they're doing that. I think Hangman's going to win. So, yes, I think Miro's going to beat Danielson. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think as of this recording, I think you can make some money uh, with that as well. If you want, It's uh, two to one. Yeah, promo code voices, mybookie.ag if you want to get involved in there. They didn't sponsor this week, so I'm not going to do too much. But uh, just let you know if you want to get in there and get make some money. Miro is is a, uh, entertainment purposes only. I'm not actually advocating for you units. You know, units, uni- yeah, bet units on Miro. I would bet the proverbial quote unquote house <laughs> on Miro. But uh, yeah, if you uh, remember, though, money, not making, my fault. Yeah. Remember though, if you're making wrestling plays, they all have to be made before the event starts. So don't try to be slick. And wait to see if Miro wins, and then put money on Hangman. You can't do that with wrestling. Oh, is that true? I I, I never I've never like bet the day of or. or it's or... true because they don't. You got to remember the book doesn't know the match. Nobody knows the match order, so they close betting as soon as the makes show sense. starts. Yeah, it makes sense. So you you know you can't you can't be slick and wait to see who wins that match and then <laughs> bet a, on the main event. That's a fun gimmick. I never thought of doing that. That's kind of funny, but. Uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they're they're on to you there. So yeah, they're not sponsoring the show this week, but uh, money can be made with uh, with Miro right now, and I think uh, might uh, might place a little better ruski myself in a, in a few moments here. So I can uh, I can lose units with you guys if if I end up being wrong about this. But uh, we'll go to the women's match. Uh, Britt Baker take Conti. Uh, this is the definition of kind of a placeholder title match. Like I mean, there's. A one thousand percent chance that Britt Baker's being taken onto here. Like, there's no chance in hell, right? Uh, no, I can't see Take Conti winning this. Hold on one second here. Come here. You want to say good night? Good night, Daddy. All right. Good night. Give me a kiss. All right. Thank oh, I got you. her sick. Way to go. Not uh, to cheek. To cheek. Okay. 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 Yeah. The boy. Does he want? Does he feel? Uh, come here. We're live, pal. Come on. <laughs> we got a show to do. You going to bed? Yeah. All right. Good night. Good night. What do you got there? Chocolate milk? Yeah, of course. Mm. All right. All right, guys. Good night. I'll see you in the morning. All right. Love a, love a good chocolate milk. Been a while since they busted in. Um, yeah, it has. What, what kind of what, what kind of talk? Are we talking like pre- Made chocolate milk, or is he stirring his own chocolate milk here? I don't, I don't know. You gotta ask the mother that stuff. I don't know. What's you, going well, on. you buy the groceries, aren't you on the online online buying the groceries? Are you buying pre-made chocolate milk, or are you buying like 
Hershey's or Yoo-Hoo? Like, what are we doing here? I think he's got a. I think she's got a gallon down there for him, like a gallon. A gallon of pre-made milk. chocolate milk or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he likes that before bed. I don't know. I to me, I'm like, why does he need to have the chocolate milk before bed every night? Like, why can't he? Yeah, just I see. I feel like maybe just normal milk, or maybe just nothing before bed, because that seems like a lot of uh, sugar right before the bed time. But uh, she's like, well, he wants chocolate milk. That's what he does. I'm like, all right. Well, I don't. I don't care. Like, <laughs> does he sleep? Like, he sleeps fine. Yeah, I guess so. Right. I think he sleeps normal. I don't okay, know. Okay. He's got that fucking chocolate milk every night. It seems to be working so good for him. Yeah. I won't buy the talk. I bring a Coke Z with me into the bedroom <laughs> and I plop it on the end table. So Do you I'm really? Gonna... That's bad. <laughs> oh, I'm losing it here. We're only an hour in. I know. That's, he, fine. That's, gonna, fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to tell him he can't have a chocolate milk, of course. You know, so. <laughs> I can't believe you walk a Coke Z. <laughs> the, no, the sound, I don't have a can near me, but I love the idea of you getting to bed and the sound of a, a can hitting the end table. <laughs> well, I don't get a fresh one, but if I'm in the if I'm mid Coke Z when I'm coming to bed, I bring the rest with me. I mean, you know. How often do you, how often do you go to that Coke Z? Like, do you wake up in the middle of the night and go, ah, I'm parched, <laughs> take a sip of the Coke Z? Yes, that happens. It'll, yeah, it'll be that. Not water, water, not water. A Coke Z. No, normally it's a water, but if I'm halfway through a Coke Z when I'm going to bed, I bring a Coke Z instead of a water. I'm not wasting that delicious Coke Z. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Pour it down the sink? I'd feel dirty. I love the idea so I, of you waking up in a flop sweat at like 2 a.m. and going, oh, well, then for you, it'd be like 4 a.m. I don't think you're. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, I'm just so thirsty. <laughs> the the yeah. sip, the, 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 cause you like, you know, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> Got one right next on the way to the bathroom. I'm a, take a leak. A warm coaxie at 4 a.m. or whatever. Yeah, it seems all right. Yeah, it feels so good when it hits your throat. Let me tell little you. Slurp, little slurp of the coaxie. Hey, a little caffeine hit in the middle of the night. <laughs> Nobody needs a caffeine hit in the middle of the night. That's what I'm saying. Says you. So uh, David Mora in the chat room says, as a Mexican who drinks coffee before bed, I sympathize with the boy. Yeah. He likes his chocolate milk. I don't know. Coffee before bed seems very dangerous. I, I don't know about that. I don't know nothing about coffee. so I And I, I have no idea what he means by as a Mexican. <laughs> I don't know why that qualifier was necessary, but well, is that a thing? Is that I didn't uh, – I don't know, so – I don't know. I mean, there's two kinds of people who just love telling you what they are. Mexicans and Italians. You notice that? <laughs> they just love telling you what they are. Take like it up they, with I don't know either. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just how it is. You know, have you ever met an Italian that didn't instantly tell you they were Italian? Uh, like, no, no. They're just always, you know, within they always five minutes, they up. tell you about something or yeah. Yeah. They, like, they... like people who are like hung, Hungarian don't they never tell you. But Italians insist <laughs> on telling you that they're Italian. Right. And I feel like Mexicans are the same way a lot of the time. Those are the two, you know, the Mexicans and the Italians, there's like a brotherhood there because they insist on telling people that they're Mexican and Italian under any circumstance. No, nobody else does that. You never have people like tell you, um, like, how often have you been told by someone that they're Jamaican? Like, other backgrounds just don't do that. It's the Italians and the Mexicans. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't go around telling too many people I like my nationality unless like I'm actually prompted, but I never go like, oh yeah, well as a uh, a mix of German, Irish, <laughs> Cherokee, no. Indian, and you know, I'm not gonna walk around telling people that nobody cares though. No, you you know a Polish guy, but you don't know he's Polish. You know what I mean? Because they don't other you know, like, mm. they don't. Tell you. Mm. I don't think, do you think I don't know if you hang. Yeah, I don't know if you hang around enough. Uh, true. 
oh well you know you're from chicago yeah i was gonna say they uh they make it pretty well known when they uh yeah chicago polish are a different breed yeah oh for sure for sure for sure that's a different kind of deal so i'll give you you know what that's a bad one to give you because yeah that is a thing isn't it oh they oh yes oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah if there's not a flag flying from their car they're not wearing like some polish emblem (laughs) on their on their jacket or their zip-up track jacket or whatever, yeah, they 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 make it very well known. So yeah, anywhere else in the country though, you don't know who the Polish guys are. Oh God, no, God, no. Yeah, it was always. I remember uh, one time uh, my my grandma lived in an area that was very very Polish. She was not Polish, but she lived in a very Polish area. We went to Aldi once, and everything at the Aldi was in Polish, and it was just <laughs> ridiculous. Because I was like, Aldi's like a like a, a national chain. Like, how do they do this? How how can they get away with just like the every sign was in Polish, and like. I was in the yeah. south side of Chicago. Like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, I forgot that Chicago has a huge oh, yeah. Polish oh, population. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. It's all it, it's all Polish and Italian out there. Polish and Italian, right? Yeah, certain areas. Yeah, I, I would I would say that most major cities, Chicago probably has a the lockdown on the biggest Polish population for the major. Cities. I would say that's probably accurate. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. A lot of Germans down here in Texas. A lot of Germans. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, because... That's I, it, a thing. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't quite get how that happened, but... Yeah, I don't I don't know. They just settled here, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so all the Italians are in, like, New York and New Jersey. That's where they fucking settled. has got Texas. Well, as long as you get some good sausage out there, that's all that matters. That's why New Jersey has the great tomatoes. You know that? That's why. <laughs> you tell this all the time. Yes. Tell me it, once again, te- Joe. I'll tell you again. <laughs> tell me once again. You've told the nerd. I remember the nerd. She brings this up all the time. You know, she it's makes true. fun of you every time she gets a, a tomato. Yeah, but you know she what? She goes, yeah, you know, the great tomatoes are from New Jersey. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I'm going to tell you something. She Googled that shit, and she saw that I was right. I guarantee she Googled that shit to make sure because she wanted me to be wrong. Yeah, I, I think that I was an actual conversation that happened on the flagship. And yeah, you, I think she was proven wrong, but she still makes funny every single time. So, yeah, because the Italians came over and they brought the tomato seeds and, and they settled in New Jersey. And now New Jersey's famous for great New Jersey. Why else would New Jersey have great tomatoes? I mean, think about it, you know. It's not native to North America, the tomato. Yeah. Which, which is why I, I hate tomatoes. Like, I cannot stand tomatoes. Like eating, like people just like slice tomatoes and eat them, and I, I fucking I cannot stand tomatoes from America. But like when we went to Italy, I was just eating them like fucking crazy, biting into them and stuff. They're so much better in Italy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why they make everything with tomatoes because they're fucking incredible here. Like they're so good. I hate tomatoes. Yeah, they're the worst. Whole tomato. I can't eat like they don't taste like anything. They're just like water. It's just like gooey water. Why do I want that? You know, slimy seeds, you get yeah. them in your mouth, and you're just like, Ugh, And people are like, oh, like... you put some salt on there. And I'm like, I'm not going to put, like, a like a, half a handful of salt just so I can eat this thing. Like, that's not going to, you know, just... At that point, now, I was tomato, eating... now, yeah. now, listen, tomato sauce. I got yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, now we're talking. You added some, yeah. some spices, you really add some salt. Yeah, now we're talking. Now we're working. I mean, I'll, I'll crush tomatoes and make sauce out of it. I mean, I'll do that. You know, obviously, I do that every weekend, but I'm not. I can't just eat tomato. I, I tomato. I, I get them off of sandwiches. Please hold the tomato. I don't. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, the first thing I do, and I, I don't like to say I don't want the tomato, but the first thing I do is I unwrap it, and that tomato goes in the fucking trash. See, I'm, see, I'm not. See, I gotta say, no tomato, because here's the problem. Yeah, you can pick the tomato off, 
but it but if you get a slimy one that juice you're gonna is everywhere get, that juice mm-hmm. is everywhere yeah. you're gonna get tomato guts left over on it the doesn't sandwich. always work out i admit there are some times where i go damn it, <laughs> it gets, you can't get them off if no. you get a slimy tomato now if you get a firm fresh tomato with no slime you can take it off no problem but you get that tomato slime like once it gets in the bread it's embedded in the bread and forget it you're gonna taste it you know and 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 i don't even want like any remnants like a slimy seed residue so i can't deal with it you know so i just have to tell them no tomato and i could tell if they just took it off as opposed to not making it with it to begin with i could tell well it's got indentations you can see in the bun you know <laughs> and the slimy you know the slime you can see the slime residue yeah. you know so yeah, no, no, no on the tomato. What were what were we talking about before? Yeah, this is uh, David. This is David's fault for uh, talking about drinking coffee before bed. We we're talking about the boy drinking his chocolate milk before bed. So it doesn't take much to throw us off. It you really can't... doesn't. Really doesn't. I had even more tomato content too, but I'm just gonna hold it off and we'll save it for another time. So um, yeah, uh, Britt Baker take Conti. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Britt's gonna win and. Yeah, no, they're not ready to belt up Conti. Oh, God, no, God, no, God, no, God, no. I mean, it's a cool moment for her. It's a cool spot. It's it's definitely like a badge of honor. Um, we got that, you know, today from the media call uh, with Tony Khan. Like, it's a badge of honor, like, that Tay Conti was somebody that, that WWE just kind of sent away and said, ah, we got nothing for her. And, and, and he, you know, he reiterated almost immediately was on the phone trying to get her signed up. And, and, and we've talked about it before as well, like her moving up the ladder, you know, working and, 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 and doing dark and doing these sort of things to get to become a pretty competent pro wrestler. Like, I don't think she's great. I don't think she's any great shakes, like, but she's solid as hell. And that's really all you can, I mean, given where she was and given how young she still is and how, how, you know, little experience she has in the business. I think just being a competent wrestler is, 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 is tremendous. Uh, at this point, and this is a huge spot for her. And, and, and yeah, we'll see. Maybe she goes out there and kills it and has the match of her life. Uh, or it's just like, hey, it's just kind of a placeholder defense and she's fine or whatever. Either way, I think it's still a success story for AEW. And I think it's a big reason why this match is happening to kind of say, hey, look, you know, we took a chance on her. She worked her ass off. And now here she is, you know, in a big time spot. And yeah, she's not going to win the, the, the match. She's not going to win the title. But still, uh, a, a big badge of honor for her and a big badge of honor for AEW. Yeah. Um, not gonna lie, it's the match I'm looking least forward to on the entire show, though. I just don't care about that match at all. Yeah. Oh, and I'm with you too. Yeah, I'm not, not too. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny in the uh, uh, on Dynamite when uh, when Thunder Rosa uh, uh, tagged in, the place just exploded when Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa are facing each other, and well, they had to do I everything mean, to say, "Well, take out these uh, full gear, take out these wrestling." You know, it's like obviously that's the money match, exactly. Which that. is fine. Like that's yeah. good wrestling. That is good wrestling yeah. to make people like we say waiting. Waiting is so important in wrestling, and if you know what you're doing and if you know how to book, it takes all the right – You know, it, it, a good wrestling company understands where our plan is. Okay, at the, at, we want to get to Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. We know that's money. Let's find ways to kind of delay it and get people really salivating for it, really ready for it because that will be a big deal if we you know, give it time and give it space and let it breathe a little bit as opposed to just doing it as soon as humanly possible or doing it at our next big event or whatever. So I, I liked that and I appreciated it, but it was pretty. T- it was very obvious that it's like, oh, this Hunter, is the match that know, people want. She gets the mega pop every time. She can come out for dark elevation and she gets a mega pop. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, they've got something with Thunder Rosa. Uh, move on to uh, another match here. Da, 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 clicked away. Okay, yeah, this is, is one I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier. Minneapolis Street Fight, the Inner Circle versus Met of the Year and American Top Team. Um, okay, I I'm not that interested in watching this match. I don't really care what the bell to bell of this. But Joe, I have to admit, I think Men of the Year and American Top Team are awesome at what they do. 
because they fucking suck. They're annoying and you hate them and nobody could possibly like them. And everybody gets mad every single week and go, ah, Scorpio Sky sucks. And ah, Ethan Page, what a waste of money. And ah, I'm mad at, why is Dan Lambert on my TV? And uh, that's what they want you to do. <laughs> like, it's wrestling. It's so well, ridiculous. And that Dynamite, I was like, these guys are such good heels because they're so fucking unlikable. Nobody could cheer for these guys. Nobody in the universe could cheer for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, right? And they're not getting and they're not getting go away heat. They're no, getting real yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like heat. they they get more heat than anybody else on this show. And they do Dan old Lambert school heat gets, too. They just yeah. yell and they're annoying. They get on the mic and every single guy just goes, ah, ah, da, God, just yells for nonstop. And it's like, oh, you fucking assholes, shut up. And you got Dan Lambert putting on the walls of Jericho. I was howling when he yeah. said, Boston Crab <laughs> Championship yeah. Wrestling from Florida. I was yeah. like, yes. He's such a dork, too. That's the best part. And that's, and that's the heat, too. People are like, oh, he's talking about all the wrestling, but he says wrestling sucks. What a dork. And it's like, that's the point. Like, yeah. It's no, every it, week I'm dumbfounded how people just don't get it with these guys. Well, they, and what's going to happen is Chris Jericho is going to get Dan Lambert in the middle of the fucking ring, put him in the walls of Jericho. He's going to tap, and the crowd's going to fucking explode for it. It's like wrestling 101. Well, in the arenas, they just – Lambert gets molten hot heat. Yes. Every time. <laughs> they want him to Twitter, die. Just... They want him to die. Nobody is rooting for this guy. Nobody is rooting for any of American Top Team. Nobody is rooting for Scorpio or Ethan Page. They want these guys to get their asses kicked every single week. They're this so just, good at their it, roles. They're so good. This is just one of those Twitter things that isn't a reflection of reality where, you know, it, because in the arenas, these segments are very often the hottest thing on the show. So... Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm not all fired up to watch this match, but because it has such mega heat, you know, that's going to make it a spectacle to watch. And yeah, you know, Jericho's going to put Dan Lambert in the fucking walls of Jericho and tap him out, and everyone's going to get their happy ending, and that's going to be that. And then from there, it's going to be a matter of whether they get Paige Van Zant under contract. That That's step number two, because she's incredible. Yeah, oh yeah. And she, and she has a chance to be a pro wrestling superstar. She really does. You know, I don't know what she wants to do with fighting from here on out or, or you know, how much she she actually likes uh, pro wrestling. But um, if I were Tony Khan, I'd be blowing up her phone nonstop trying to get her to agree to come in full time. I mean, she just has – I mean, first of all, number one, just look at her. That's number one. Number two, she's a natural at uh, – at – pro wrestling things the way she carries herself the way she speaks she's just a natural she gets it and she gets it for sure she gets it and then and you know she's obviously a great athlete so there's a good chance that you know once trained that she could be very competent bell to bell i mean she's everything you could possibly want in a start from scratch trainee so um you know of all the american top team people that have been involved in this she is the number one prospect with a bullet and the one that i would want to get my claws into and uh and not let slip away so um but yeah this is gonna have uh incredible heat i think doing it within her circle was was perfect it's it's it keeps jericho busy for now and Jericho's a perfect foil for these guys plus jericho is probably very helpful to them in putting together the promos and whatnot as well um, so I'm sure he's very hands-on with it, you know, rather than do it with say like, you know, 
name another unit in the you know, team Taz or something. It wouldn't be the same. You know, I think doing it with Jericho was perfect. So, um, yeah, you know, it feels like a hot match. It, it's had an excellent build and Lambert's just so great in his role. So, um, and Lambert's a guy that I would try to, he, once he loses here, he has to go away for a while, I think, but he's someone who you'd want to keep around and, and use more down the line. Oh, for sure. No, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he, he taps out to Jericho. He goes away for six, seven months or whatever it comes. I mean, he's totally one of those dudes that you can do. And, and, and that's that, you know, honestly, that's probably the best role for him. And we've seen him pop up and, and that's kind of what he's done. He's popped up in a few different companies, you know, over the course of you know, the last yeah. couple of years. And he, he does these hot little, you know, two to three month runs or whatever, leaves, goes away. And then the second he comes back, it's all the same heat all over again. And yeah, so you can absolutely do that again. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 am I interested in the bell to bell of this? No. And am I super interested in watching this match? Yes. <laughs> like it's one of those weird things where I don't anticipate it being a great match. I don't anticipate it, but I anticipate it being a really fun match. I anticipating a match with a hot, you know, the, the, the crowd is, is hot as hell. And I, I, I definitely, uh, uh, I'm excited to see it. And yeah, I think those guys, I was, it was on Dynamite this week where I was just like, God, these guys are so good. And like, there's so many people, like you always say, people say they want heels and they get heels and they don't know how to, like a lot of yeah. newer wrestling fans just don't understand what being a heel is. And, and, and all you need to do, watch Men of the Year, watch American Top Team, watch that Dynamite uh, angle that they did. That That is being a heel. That's heel 101 stuff right there. Um, and, and people still, I, I just, yeah, they don't, they don't really know what they want out of heels. A lot of fans just, they don't want heels to hit too close to home. They, they want realistic baby faces that they can relate to. And they want cartoon heels is what people want. There's a lot of people who don't want, um, you know, uh, realistic heels or heels that hit too close to home or that, that in this era, especially there's a lot of fans who don't want that, but what the reactions in the arena are telling us that that's not the majority view that the majority view is still that fans in the building are more than willing to just boo the shit out of people they don't like and now there were a couple cities early on where lambert was not over at all and you kind of got the sense that fans just but different cities are going to react different ways but for the last i don't know six to eight weeks it's just been molten hot heat every city they go to uh, move on to uh, Lucha Brothers FTR. So this will be kind of uh, another match similar to Britt Baker, Tay Conti. I I love the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I think this match will be solid-ish, but I have... You say go away heat. I think the FTR go away heat for me at this point. I, I hate these guys. And not in a good way. I don't really, like... I don't boo them. I don't find them particularly interesting at all. I am so bored by the FTR thing. I, you know, I don't the, know. The, 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 the knockoff Midnight Express music, isn't it? <laughs> oh, little, my God. Now, yeah. now, listen, isn't it just a little too on the nose it, now? Oh, my I God. Mean, not even is it a little too on the nose. It's so much too on the nose. There, what was the nickname going around about them last week? I think it was in our Discord or maybe in our Slack, and I, somebody said it, and I forgot to write it down, but it made me laugh so much, and now I forget. Oh, it was like, oh, fuck. Who said it? it was like Leva Bates, but if Leva Bates was like way into like – Mid-Atlantic wrestling instead of books. I think suit 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 Williams was that, that suit okay I want to give suit credit it, yeah it, it, I think it was FTR. a tweet <laughs> yeah all right yeah let me let me you see if I can find the tweet because it. it's perfect because it's fucking perfect and suit deserves yeah. his credit for that yeah but yeah it's just too on the nose now can you just be yourself and stop <laughs> going out of your we way we Mid-Atlantic wrestling <laughs> like, Southern style wrestling we get it <laughs> we got it and, and they're not even we really heard that. you. <laughs> Hurt you, yeah, and they but don't wrestle like that either. They just no. they just come out and say we're Southern style wrestling, and okay, you're not not really, but okay, that's fine. 
They stink. I, I, I hate Did you find this tweet? Or uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Suit's got I was a... trying to buy you some time. Uh, Suit's got a bunch uh, of tweets here. Because, you know, someone else from this, uh, Kevin Hare, made a good point, too. He said, um, the dirty secret about FTR is they tell you that they're a Southern-style tag team, but they're really just a high-spot tag team. <laughs> right, right. And I thought you know, that was the heat for a while, but like it's we're going on like a couple years now of them being like, yeah, we're Southern style, Midnight Express, and I don't know is it is it a long play where they're just like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or or not? No, I I think they think that you know next week they're going to wrestle the Fantastics. I, I think they they believe it. <laughs> so here here's the tweet at Suit Williams uh, for the credit here. Uh, FTR is essentially Leva Bates if she lights Crockett instead of comic books. Yeah. It's too on the nose now. Yeah. It's just, you know, um, but the Lucha Brothers thing, this is for the AEW tag team titles. I don't know if you saw, but I think while we were on the air, they also announced this match for AAA. So the, the Triple Mania Regia oh. show or whatever. Right. So you can get any result here because they're going to wrestle again in Mexico after this. So I, you know. As far as a result goes. To me, the clean way would probably be that FTR wins this match and then the Lucha Brothers win the match in, in, in AAA, right? Well, yes, but it's <laughs> right? AAA we're dealing with here. And it, it could be. My bold prediction, Joe, is that that is going to be the center of the place. You're, pro- you're projecting logic and something that would make sense. It is AAA. Um, you're right. You're right. You're right. I should. I should. So, you know, oh, by the way, Kenny Omega of Vikingo was official. For Hell yes. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So I can't remember the rest of the card, but um, it was being announced. Like, Cain Velasquez before. is facing like L.A. Park or some shit. I think I forget what it was. I'll... I think he's gonna attack some kind of tag match. Well, no, yeah, not not straight up, not not straight up, obviously. Yeah, but um, yeah, but it's yeah, a so psycho I... clown Pagano, Cain Velasquez versus L.A. Park, Rey Scorpion, and Taurus. Oh yeah, that's the main. That's the real main event. I mean, I maybe Omega of Vikingo will go on last or something, but mm-hmm. um. But yeah, so there you go. So those would be like three of the top four or five matches for that show. You know, the tag match. Omega I'd say those are know. pretty clear. Yeah, looking at this, this is pretty clearly the top three. The other, uh, you got yeah. Puma King, Sam Adonis, DMT Azul versus Dave the Clown, your boy. Dave the Clown, Monster Clown, and Murder Clown. So yeah, I, I would say that uh, this match is definitely the Wasn't best. Monster Clown injured? Uh, I don't know. Apparently he's fine, I guess. Unless it's another Monster Clown, but uh, I'm assuming it's... The Monster Clown. No. Anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about that show. On December 4th. We got plenty of time. December 4th for that yeah. show. So, Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to uh, Darby L and MJF here. Uh, I think a very good build. I'm very, very excited with this match. I mean, this is, is just I don't think MJF has any bad feuds at this point. I'm, I'm always in on and pretty much anything MJF does. And I think Darby's incredible as well. So I, I am very much looking forward to this. And there's just so many layers to this story. It's an old school story. They can go back to the indie days. And 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 something you know this week on Dynamite too, I also just was thinking like, God, what a great idea by AEW to from the moment that they began to say, you know what? The wrestling universe is our universe. And it's such a simple mm-hmm. thing. It's such a simple. A lot of wrestling companies don't have the balls to do it. You know what I mean? A lot of wrestling companies just yeah. won't do it because they're scared. Oh my god! If we say, oh, if we say Ring of Honor, maybe people will go watch Ring of Honor instead of our show. Or oh, if we say Evolve, oh, what is that? It, like they didn't care. They said, okay, from day one, the wrestling universe is our universe. Go. And it lets you tell so many more stories with these guys. It lets you tell infinite amounts of stories with these guys. And yeah, if imagine Darby Allen and MJF if they just 
would only existed in their universe. And yeah, you could do that and it'd be fine, but it's even better because you can go to other stuff. You can say that these guys have met each other before. You can go and tell bigger stories and larger stories. But what a great idea. I mean, that it was it would have been so easy for them to say, no, 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 we're starting from scratch. We're at day zero. Only talk about AEW. Don't talk about the competition. Don't talk. But no, they said no. The wrestling, our fans are smart enough to know that these guys are wrestlers in the real world. Just go with it. It's fine. And it makes it so much of a better show and makes you so much more of an intelligent wrestling fan to just say, yeah, Brian Danielson and Rocky Romero, they used to train at New Japan Dojo in LA in 2002. There you go. You know what I mean? Like it's a perfect. But if in another universe, in another company, they would have to be, oh, Rocky Romero, Brian Danielson, they've never met you. You know, these, these two, you know, never face each other. It's so easy just to do that. And, and and to me, it's just so much of a better way to book wrestling is to just make the universe of wrestling your universe. But anyway. well, I mean, Bobby Fish doing Adam Cole's bidding this week on yeah. on Dynamite, you know. So yeah, it, it's I talk about that behind the paywall all the time, and and you know, like you're saying, the, the wrestling universe is their universe. The way I always put it is, uh, wrestling canon is AEW's canon. Mm-hmm. It, if it happens somewhere, it, it counts, and it's going to matter. And um, you know, it's it's everybody knows Adam Cole and Bobby Fish were were aligned for years. I mean, why pretend that they weren't? I mean, it's more insulting when you don't. So, so yeah, I agree. I think this. I thought the angle two weeks ago on Dynamite was just incredible. With this one, and I think it can go either way. Um, I think MJF will win. I think they like to keep his losses at a minimum, and he could be the next. You know, if Hangman Page does win the title and then, you know, he has a placeholder defense against Miro, MJF could be his first real feud. His first big uh, money feud could be with MJF because MJF did say that he wants to take care of Darby Allen, and then whoever wins uh, the world title, um, he says that, you know, he'll be waiting for him. He did say that. So... And you really have to pay attention to promos in this company. And it, it very rarely are things just throw away. So, um, you know, I, I, we could see Hangman win, get past Miro, and then move into a program with MJF. But, yeah, really, really fascinating to see this match. And, and, and yeah, I think the build's been great. I think the angle's been great. Um, and, and it should be pretty damn awesome. So, uh, what speaking do you of, think oh, of – What do you think of them referring to their four young guys as the pillars? Um, maybe, I've, maybe, maybe, maybe find your own thing. I, I, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I love it. And it's, yeah, it's strange. I don't know. Uh, I've in one breath, I like it that you say that like, cause I always say, you know, I, and I mentioned on the show all the time, like, I love the idea of like, you sit down in a booking meeting and you have this, you know, a whiteboard and like those four guys are on there and they're circled and like, these are our guys. Like we're going to build a company around these guys. And in a couple of years, we want these guys to be our top stars or whatever. I, it's just, it seems a little, I like, I like the concept of it. I just don't know if I like saying it all the time. I'm not annoyed like a lot of Pearl fans are. There's a lot of All Japan fans who are, are like, they? Oh, yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of that, but I could definitely, that makes sense. It, I mean, it's a direct like, reference to like, f- you know, the four pillars. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, well, of it's, course. Yeah. But those guys are also like on another. I mean, <laughs> three of the four, certainly two out of the four are like in the pantheon of like, the greatest wrestlers ever. You're such a you're such a Tawei yeah. disrespecter. <laughs> hey, look, I threw Kawada in that list too, just to just to make people just get people off the scent that I I don't want to say you know three out of the four or are, are, are all time legends. You you mean three? You're you're a Tawei disrespecter, <laughs> but certainly two out of the four. In, in, no, in, you love Kawada. I do love Kawada too. Yeah, but. <laughs> 
you just you're you're afraid. You said three at first, and then you caught yourself. Yeah, I don't want the Tawai to. people getting mad. So there, I'll I'll, I'll bury Kawada, who I love, <laughs> just so, to appease, just to throw some flesh to no, the uh, the supporters. But I'm yeah. not insulted by it, but I also don't know if I love it. I feel like at this point, if you're going to reference that, you have to. Those guys have to earn it. You know what I mean? Like that, where at a certain point, you will know that those guys are in that pantheon. But saying, "Hey, these guys are going to be there," it just puts on it, it. It puts uneasy pressure on those guys too. It puts uneasy. Pre- I, I don't know. I, I'm not super in love with it. Hey, listen. All you have to do is be Kento Kabashi. No projects. All you have to do, <laughs> right? And like, how many? How many guys in Japan got chewed up and spit out over like 15 years with every single company saying, "Okay, well these these guys are our Kento Kobashi and Masawas and, and how yeah. many dudes?" And you we talk about it all the time on the show like the many generations of guys who ended up being like very good wrestlers and all-time great wrestlers but weren't Kento Kobashi and Masawa. So it was like, "Ah, you know, we really thought you were going to be our four pillars." And it's like, oh, "I'm sorry, dude. Like, I'm just Hiroki Goto. I'm sorry." <laughs> like, I did as yeah. much as I could, but I apologize for not being as good as Kenta Kobashi. You know, at the same time, there's a lot of AEW fans who have no idea who the four pillars are or what that's even Correct. a yeah. reference to. So it doesn't really matter. And and as someone who, you know, um, was a fan of, of All Japan at that time and, and obviously holds a lot of reverence to those guys – I'm not insulted by the. Come on, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a nod. It's a tribute, right? You know? it's a, it also, guess what? It doesn't invalidate that those four guys were really good. And if you liked no. Kenta Kobashi, if you liked all the four pillars, and you love that generation of all Japan, guess what? You still can love it. Yeah, and I mean, it's just um, still watch it, and the matches are still good. You know, I I feel like you know it's going a little far to to, to claim that um, it's insulting or something like that. But at the same time, it. it I would have preferred if they found their own kind of moniker. I agree for those for those four guys. If you want to market those four as something, I, I think that's a cool idea. I don't, I don't have a problem with that aspect of it. Would you like it better if they said these are our three pillars and they didn't make it actually four? That doesn't make sense. I guess. <laughs> you know no, then I mean? you could do the Musketeers. You know, <laughs> right, the three you, Musketeers. And you could piss off. That's not going to work out well either. Well, I, yeah, yeah, it'll piss off a whole different subset of. You just, uh, of you just anger fans, the yeah. other half of of forty five year old <laughs> uh, Japanese wrestling fans. Yeah, you know, so um, you know, you're beat no matter which way you go. So, but uh, speaking of a match with a uh, a tremendous build that I cannot wait to watch. CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. I mean, Jesus Christ. You talked about it on, on the Intelligentsia. It was almost like a sign. It was almost like in the in the room they listened to that and decided, all right, fuck it. Well, well Punk. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they are listening. To they are, uh, they, they, I, I'm convinced after seeing that promo that, that they sat down and said, Punk, you need to be an asshole. All right? Get out there and be an asshole. <laughs> and he went out there, and he was an asshole to Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston was an asshole back to CM Punk, and these two assholes are going to fucking fight each other, and who knows who's going to cheer for who? Who knows who's going to be rooting for what? I think the Players' Tribune thing is probably going to help Eddie Kingston. Uh, there's obviously going to be a contingency of people that like Punk. I think largely you sh- most people will probably cheer Eddie Kingston. I have no idea what it's going to be, but it's going to be molten hot, and it's going to be a fucking fight, and I'm ready for it. This, that, the, that promo is so good. And we talk about the wrestling universe being the AEW universe and also just letting human beings be human beings. Let guys go out there and talk and let them go off the cuff. Let them do whatever they want to do. Get in the ring. Here's your bullet points. Here's what we want to get out of it. You two know what you're doing. Go out there and do it. I mean, this this is an angle that would never happen in WWE, ever. 
Never in a million years would you get this CM Punk Eddie Kingston thing, and, and you got it here uh, in AEW. And I think this this I think this promo will stand the test of time. Whether it, whether it launches Eddie Kingston into another stratosphere, whether it's a you know turning point for CM Punk or whatever, I just think it was so awesome. It just lets you know why AEW is here and what makes AEW so much better and so much different than everything else going on in wrestling now is that you can get CM Punk and Eddie Kingston in the ring and just say, guys. Do whatever you want to do. It's your it's your ball game. Go ahead. Here's what we want kind of out of the story. And those guys just made gold out of that. And it was real emotions, real human beings. You you in one breath you side with Eddie Kingston, but another breath you go, ah, Punk's not wrong though, right? Like Punk's also got some truth to this. And the truth makes Eddie Kingston even more mad. And oh, it's just it's human emotions. It's humans being humans. And it's like, oh God, it it's so good. This is wrestling, man. This is what makes wrestling so good. I think you really liked it, Rich. I liked it. I did indeed like it, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, when this started, Punk wasn't wrong. Kingston was out of line. He had just lost a match. Punk's just trying to take advantage of his interview time. And Kingston's acting like a a crazy person. Yeah. And Punk Punk was in the right because he did screw up his, his promo, right? But then Punk ever since that moment has done it has been has has made his point in such an obnoxious way that it's impossible to side with him and i'm glad you brought up my lead topic from the intelligentsia last week and there was no intelligentsia this week because i couldn't talk i was planning on doing another one i even had the topics all set up it's a shame but um but yeah it's that whole idea that punk isn't i've seen a lot of people compare this to punk cena and their uh, big promo showdown that they had. But with the roles reversed, now Punk is Cena. He's in the Cena spot, right? And that relates a lot to what I had to say on the intelligentsia. Punk is in a different place in life and everything else. And it's it's funny that you say, because it's like, it is almost as if they listen to my rant. Because that's the position they've put Punk in here. He's He's not the guy that he was in 2011. You know, he is more like Cena now. Then and, and, and Kingston is more like he was then. And, you know, Punk hasn't had a chip on his shoulder yet in AEW. And this is the first time that he has stopped smiling. Yeah, happy to be here, Punk is crowd. gone. Yeah, happy to be here, Punk is, is, is dead for right now, which is great. And he's got a chip on his shoulder again, right? But it's like, he doesn't realize that he's wrong because of where his mind is now. Like, he doesn't understand... That he's being this aloof asshole in a completely different way than he used to be an aloof yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. But th- what I like about the promo, too, is there is a there is a little bit of truth to it as well. Yeah. Where Punk can say, hey, look, you had the ball and you blew it. You know, you and, and, and Kingston could say, oh, man, like, there's a lot of reasons why, I, you know, like, but at the end of the day, Punk's just saying, hey, look, when I saw you 15 years ago, you had all the promise in the world. And now look at you. You, you haven't achieved what we thought you were going to achieve. And like, there's a little tinge of truth to that. But what works so much better is that sets Kingston off being like, hey, you have no fucking right. Because where were you the last seven years when I was grinding and busting my ass? You were gone. Yeah. And the other great thing. And Punk doesn't know said, that. You know what I mean? Punk's just kind of like, I don't know. I remember you. And now I don't. Yeah. And you haven't really quite gotten there. And it was, it, it really, oh well, my God. Just great the, other, the other great thing that Kingston said that was also rooted in reality is he was like, the truth is nobody here wants you here. They just don't have the guts to tell you. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Because you know, there's people there that don't want him. Oh, there. of course. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, so they have, they have weaved 
a lot of reality into this, and that's always the best shit. When you're willing to work with somebody and weave reality into it and give it that added element and lose yourself in that moment. And the thing that I said Punk needed to do on the Intel, what they needed to find a way to do with Punk was to put a chip back on his shoulder in some way. Because that's what was missing from CM Punk. And they have done that. They have found a way to do that with this Eddie Kingston thing. Because you, you do feel like there's a chip on his shoulder now. Mm-hmm. And, and you could you could hear a little bit of that old Punk in that promo too. That's what got me going. That's what got the juices flowing a little bit. Is, is when he started getting on a rant and started going off and really starting to talk. That was CM Punk. You know what I mean? Because we know deep down. I think you. I think we all know deep down that the ah, just happy to be here. Hey, how's it going, St. Louis? What's up? Like, you know that that maybe that is Punk a little bit more in real life than he than he was, you know, ten years ago. But I think deep down he's still kind of an asshole, right? Well, no. Like, See, I think that is him now because he's he's a millionaire. He's he's content with life. He's happy. He's in a work environment that he enjoys. He's not the same person he used to be. And that was my point all along. And because I, 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 I think you're right there, but I do think there is some elements that came out a little bit in that promo that I think maybe deep down, like for sure, I, and that's he's what still kind of an asshole. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I mean. He's not the same. Like he's not the same. Be, be you know, he's not as as annoyed with the world and angry at the world that he used to be. But I think deep down, he's still kind of a cocky asshole. Now he's a rich, content asshole. Correct. As Correct. opposed to. Yes. The world is wronging me. Yeah, I'm a bitter, kind of emboldened asshole. asshole. Now I'm a rich right. asshole that doesn't quite understand why people don't. That doesn't you know? understand yeah. that he's a rich asshole. Correct, correct. He doesn't get that he's talking down to Eddie Kingston. Like, that's the essence of this. You know? Like, he thinks he's in the right. Like, he started off in the right, but the way he's gone about this is he's, he's been, you know, like a privileged asshole. Is how he's coming across now. You know, and, 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 but. He doesn't understand that. He he's he's a heel in this who legitimately thinks he's the babyface. You know, and 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 doesn't understand why you would think that he's not in the right. It's just so interesting. The whole thing is so interesting. And they built it in a span of 10 days. Cuz this wasn't even on the radar 2 weeks ago. And it only took putting those guys in the ring to do, you know, one promo with each other. And it feels like the hottest match on the show. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's looking forward to this one. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens in the ring there. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm more than anything, I'm just really curious on the reaction, too, to see where, where people stand on it. If it's 100% Eddie, if it's 50-50, it, it, uh, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be just a great, great match and a great, great build. And, and yeah, congratulations to them on, on getting here uh, so quickly as well. Just two great pro wrestlers. Uh, and an all-time great story uh, we're seeing here. So uh, real quickly, we'll go over the rest of the card here. Uh, False Count Anywhere, Christian Cage, Jurassic Express versus Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Uh, this should be chaotic and crazy and wild and all that sort of stuff. I can't say that I'm like super, super interested in it, but, uh, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm sure. Well, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Jungle Boy is, is uh, yeah, right, what right. matters here and long-term. And they're eventually going to have a singles match and, I've seen a lot of good theories as to how that will go and where it will go. But um, that's what you focus on here is, is, is Adam Cole and jungle boy and jungle boy will wrestle Bobby fish on Friday as the final kind of go home for this match. And then, um, you know, that that'll be the, they'll have a singles match at some point moving forward. And then we have the, the very, very unlikely pairings here, Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi black and Andrade. 
I have loved everything about that. Film. <laughs> have you? I I'm just I, I find it so weird, but I also kind of am, am weirdly intrigued by you know the classic. What do these guys talk about? I would love to be in the room for a Malachi Black Andrade conversation that that doesn't talk about Zelina Vega. Well, they talk about how much they don't like Cody. Yeah, I guess. And. You know, I Which think. is a fun that then that's and again classic pro wrestling. Not to cut you off, that's also classic pro wrestling too. Where it's like, look, I don't really have to like you, but fuck that guy, right? And they're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck that guy. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah I'm a weirdo that hangs out in dark closets. You're a rich Mexican dude, but you know what? Fuck Cody Rhodes, right? Like, let's team up and beat his ass. And it's like, yeah, I kind of you know I do appreciate that. It's like an old Survivor Series team. Like, I don't know. Like, we're the Road Warriors, and you're these guys. Whatever. If we want to beat these guys, so who cares? Well, it's. Two team, both teams are like that, and they just have mutual enemies. Yeah, you know, same thing with Pac and Cody. But um, the Cody thing is just working for me on every level. I love that. No matter what town they go in, you don't know what reaction he's going to get, but it's always going to be a great reaction. Like this week, he did the run in and was getting, you know, they were they were they were going crazy for him. In some towns, they boom out of the building. Mm-hmm. In other towns, it's a fifty fifty mix, but it's always something, and. It's what he's been trying to achieve since he got there, and he's finally gotten there. I mean, he's always wanted that dynamic. You go back and listen to the earliest interviews when this was forming and how he doesn't like faces and heels, and he just wants people to react to him the way they want to react. And, and he was obviously a mega babyface at first because he represented the anti-WWE guy, and he, you know, he, he busted up the throne with the fucking sledgehammer. And, of course, they were going to love him at first. But – this is where he always wanted this character to be, you know, not even necessarily shades of gray, just I'm me. And I want you to react however you want to react to me. And that's what's happening here. And I, I, I eat it up every time. I think it's just, uh, it's something different. And I think everybody involved in this feud has done a great job. And I think the build has been great. And I'm really looking forward to the match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to this one as well. Uh, and then the buy-in, uh, Hirokar Rashida, Thunder Rosa, uh, Nyla Rose, and Jamie Hayter. As, as of right now, that's all we have is for the buy-in. I don't know if anything else has been announced since we've started the recording of the show. I don't believe so, but that is what we have so far uh, there with uh, yeah, Nyla Rose, Hayter, Rashida, Rosa. So this is a tag match, people that aren't on the show. It's all TBS tournament people who are facing each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the gimmick here. Yeah, if you're so. wondering why Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter and that doesn't make any sense, yeah, it's all who's ever left in the tournament facing each other. So Well, they're in different stables. You're gonna have uh it'd be like the old days when like there's a Bobby Heenan family member teaming with a luscious Johnny V. Yeah, they both have to come out too and talk strategy on the way down to the ring, how it's gonna work out, who's gonna tag yeah. who, you know, yeah, it's it's you know, so you got uh, someone from Britt's crew and someone from Vicky's crew and, you know, but they're both in that heel locker room. So, oh, yeah, 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 common, like common, like common that. enemies. That's, uh, that's a, a yeah. fun thing about uh, AEW as well. So that is uh, AEW full gear. Uh, like we said, Saturday uh, will go live immediately following the show. Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling $10 tier uh, instant reaction live. We'll have the link out. Uh, probably at some point tomorrow, so you'll know the link. You can set a reminder to get notified when we do go live. Uh, but, yeah, you want to make sure you're on the $10 tier uh, as soon as possible so you don't miss a second of the show. Uh, we'll be going live immediately following uh, the show on Saturday, patreon.com. So these, uh, wrestling. very quickly, these ratings have not been good the last two weeks. This 5 o'clock on the West Coast thing. It's not going great. Yeah, that's – and everybody kind of – anybody with the – you know, at least a mind for, you know – 
ratings and ratings patterns said that ah, this is like it makes sense. Now, I, I, I you probably talked about something Thursday to your reviews, but it makes sense to go with the West Coast live like they're doing at 5 p.m. It makes all because it's you're, it's smarter than going after the game. right. Like it's what the problem though is that you're going to eat some shit on these ratings and they're doing that yeah. for sure. Like what's good now is you have your show. It's never going to be preempted. You know exactly what time the show is going to be at least till the end of the year. And then they go to TBS. Everything will be you know back to People's normal. People's DVRs and, will catch it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. It's not going to get fucked up because if you go after an NHL game, anything can happen there. I mean, you could yeah. you, you, you ask ask local news what that's like being in a local news station waiting yeah. for a World Series game to end or whatever, and it's in fucking you know the the fifteenth inning or whatever, and you're, everyone's sitting at the desk and it's like, what do we do? It's a disaster. It's an absolute fucking disaster if you're trying to do a show after a live sporting event. So this is the right idea to do it before because it's going to make it more clean. It's going to make it more obvious. But you're going to eat shit on these ratings for a little bit, and we're we're seeing that right now. I mean, it's a, it's a it's big the lesser blow. Of it's the, a big it's blow. The less, lesser of the two evils, but for sure. And people are giving me a hard time behind the paywall for saying these aren't good numbers, but I, I don't care about the reason. All I care about is they're putting up like point three threes leading up to this pay-per-view, and it's not good, you know? And and yeah, maybe that is the reason, and, and I think we'll know for sure next week because coming off of the pay-per-view and potentially coming off of crowning a new world champion, if they put up like another point three five, then yeah, you know, then we know for sure it's this 5 p.m. on the West Coast thing. And then you just have to wait it out until January when you switch the time. But if they come out next week and put up like a point four two, I don't want to hear about this West Coast thing anymore. It just means that people didn't want to watch the last two weeks. So I don't think there's any reason not to just be patient and wait it out and see what the number looks like after the pay-per-view when you figure you're going to do uh, your best number, if the especially if the pay-per-view is newsworthy. So um, – you know, at the, while I pro, while I think it's probably the five o'clock start time on the West Coast, and that makes the most sense. If you have a a show that's great that people aren't going to miss, they'll watch it at five p.m. You know what I mean? Like it, it it it's fine. And same day DVR counts, right? You know, like so that's the other thing. You know, and so I want to see what it does next week. But either way, you know, in a couple of weeks they'll be moving to TBS, and then this won't be a factor anymore. And the other thing about that is they'll be moved around and preempted a lot less on TBS too. It'll still happen from time to time, but, um, you know, I think it'll happen. I think NCAA tournament will still bump them, right? Wednesday nights. I'm trying to think. Yeah. You would know better than me um, on, on, on Wednesday nights, what's going on there, but. Well, that would be the first four. They play on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I can't remember if that's on TNT or TBS. But that's neither here nor there. The point is they're going to be moved a lot less on TBS than they will be on TNT. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't TBS in a few more homes than TNT by like a I think, yeah, thousand? if you look at it, which is very strange because I've never, ever, ever known anybody who has TBS but not TNT. But, yeah, there's some – forget what it is, but it's like a couple million more people have TBS. And I would love to see the, the, the cable network or the cable uh, provider that has TBS but not TNT. It's very strange, but – well, TBS, I mean, I would think TBS would be in more homes. It's the older network. It's been around forever. Yeah, they just seem so synonymous. Um, like like any package that you would sell would have both of them. Did I ever tell you I used to stay at a hotel that would get ESPN2 but not ESPN? Oh, God, that's infuriating. Yeah, my company would put me – because, you know, they would book the hotels. I didn't have a say. And they would always put me in this hotel in Corpus Christi, Texas. And it was a major hotel chain. Like it wasn't like some janky ass fucking. Was, was six? Dump. Was it was six in the uh, title of the hotel? 
hotel, <coughs> hotel, sir, not motel. Oh, sorry, sorry, hotel. sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like a major chain. They got, and I would not have ESPN, but I would have ESPN oh. too. It was just the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's a fury. <laughs> yes, it, yeah. So, I mean, I would, I, I'm almost positive TBS is in slightly more homes than TNT, and they'll be moved a little less. Yeah. For sure. Now it's a you know you're moving networks. It's still a pain in the balls, but I think long term, it, it, it'll probably be a positive move to be on TBS as opposed to as opposed to TNT, especially with the hockey in play now. It's just it it's just a mess. And listen, the hockey's not exactly killing it. No, that's uh, yeah. I don't know if you've been checking out those ratings. This we're not obviously a sports TV rating uh, podcast, but that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't Listen, know. <laughs> they, they got it for the playoffs. That's a lot of money to pay for. Yeah, regular season yeah. hockey. But that's that's nobody should be surprised that regular no season hockey surprised. isn't blowing they, the doors off. So they they they're paying for the playoffs and they're paying for the prestige of having another major league. Sure. Um, you know, they, so that that's the deal there, and presumably they're you know they're able to get um, decent ad rates because it's you know the National Hockey League yeah. as opposed to whatever else they'd be airing you know, in that spot. So, but yeah, it's not, you know, it's not, I mean, dynamite does much better numbers than these NHL games, but, and, and, and they're the ones suffering for it. But when you're paying that much for something, I mean, that's, that's just how the world works. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump to uh, new Japan. How is the voice doing, Joe? Do you want, are, are you good? I am, as you can probably tell struggling. Okay. I mean, it's getting worse. We will. Let's we'll, go, though. Let's we'll, go. Yeah. All right. All right. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Come on. Right. Get that Coke Z going. Maybe. Maybe try water. Maybe try some tea. I got water. I You're got not a tea water. guy, I'm though. You're water. not a hot tea guy. I would. I would have suggested a hot tea with some honey, but uh, I know that's not your vibe. So. I got the water here. I got the fuck. Okay. All right. There we go. Get a, get a lozenge. Do you have a lozenge nearby? What's this Voss? What is this water? I got the fancy water. water. <sighs> it's a fancy name brand house, there? Rich. It's a name brand house over here. <laughs> <laughs> At your, least when I do does your shop, fridge have when, water or no? Do you just buy bottled water all the time? I got a fridge with a water gimmick. And you're buying Voss water here? Come on, what what am I a poor? Of course I have a fridge with a water gimmick. I'm just wondering why you're drinking this like expensive bottled water then, this Fiji water when that you're I, drinking listen, over here. So this is a name brand house when I do the shopping. Now when TLB does the shopping, it's all store brand. She's My kind of girl. People. My kind of girl. Let's go. She's like, what's the difference? I'm like, she's right. Difference. Yes. Some items I agree. Like paper towels, buy the cheapest paper towels available. I, that's, I'm weird. Like I'll buy the store brand of certain kind of things, but like, I'm not buying store brand ketchup. I'm getting the highest. <laughs> Why does it matter? Because it matters to me. No, it, it doesn't. It's, well, it matters it to you. Does. Okay, yeah, it matters to you. That's it, fine. Listen, certain things. Canned vegetables. Go ahead and get the store brand. That doesn't matter. I don't care if your canned fucking corn is the store brand. I don't need the uh, what's a brand? G- a green Giant. The Jolly Green yeah, Giant. I don't, yeah. G- I don't need the dollar sixty nine Green Giant. I'll buy the eighty nine cent fucking Kroger brand. Okay, for something like that. But like mustard, I'm getting the French's. I'm not getting the fucking store brand mustard. I don't want people coming over to my house and thinking I'm a store brand ketchup guy. I can't have that. I can't have it, Rich. Fair. That's fair. Because you have to understand, I grew up very... <laughs> Who comes to your house ever? Is anybody ever at your house? 
It, that doesn't matter. Listen, okay. I grew up very. You're worried about the. You're worried about the perception of people coming. You've how many times have you invited people over at your house? How many Listen. times have you said TLB X is coming over? <laughs> I invited X to dinner. Listen, <laughs> I grew up poor. It's neither here nor there. Yes. Okay, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. We were lower middle class at best. Okay, and. I'd go over to my friends' houses, and they lived in houses, which was – you know, I grew up in an apartment sharing a bedroom with two brothers. They'd open up their fridge. They had name-brand ketchup. <laughs> that left an impression on me. That's fair. That's you fair. Know, I thought yeah. to myself, you know what? I'm going to be a name – I want to be a name-brand ketchup. One day I'm going to work hard. Wanna... I'm going to have a house, and I'm going to have name-brand yes. ketchup in this refrigerator. So I'm going to have a house that has stairs. That was important to me. Now I wish I didn't have the stairs. <laughs> I have zero stairs in my house, and I never want stairs, ever, ever. Stairs but suck. I don't mind, stairs are the worst. I don't mind being gassed when I come to bed because it was important to me mentally to have a house with stairs and to open up my fridge and have the Heinz ketchup and not the fucking generic brand ketchup because it was embarrassing to me. My friends would come over. Yeah, I'm sure they were judging my refrigerator. My parents did what they had to do. They bought the store brand ketchup. You know, but these people grew up to what I thought in what I thought were mansions, you know, and they had fucking Heinz ketchup. So now I buy the Heinz ketchup. I got like 10 bottles of Heinz ketchup. <laughs> Just in, that in, pan. Case. Yeah, in case. I do because I can't have TLB going off and buying the cheap ketchup and because she sneaks it in there sometimes. Mm. She's like, what's the difference? It's just for the kids. I'm like, it doesn't matter because one day these kids are going to have friends come over and I don't want them to think that they're the store brand ketchup kids. They need to be Heinz ketchup kids. Well, I feel bad for my future kids because they're going to be store brand ketchup kids for sure. They need to have a refrigerator that has the water and the ice gimmick because that was like the height of fucking, you know, this is all psychological for me. That was like the height of wealth to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is my first time having one of those. So I I, I will let you know that I'm a year into the uh, having or two years now into having the uh, water and ice. And it it is a, a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes you feel a little peppy. Like I got a refrigerator with the water and the ice. Well, because my mom will come over and she'll like fill water in the <laughs> sink, and I'm like, nah, nah, nah. No, no, no. <laughs> mom, because you helped me go to college and all this sort of stuff, right there. <laughs> Hit and that button. Filtered. Water's gonna come. It's delicious. It's cold. You want some ice? You want crushed ice? You can hit that button. You got crushed ice. Whatever you want, ma'am. It's all yours. So that's right. You got the different kinds of ice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So these things were important to me. So that's why, Rich. That's why. You know, that's 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 the mind of Lanza. So that maybe explains to you why those things matter. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm with TLB. For the record, I'm still with TLB on that, but that's fine. You know, potato chips and snacks—they got to be name brand too. I got to get the name brand. I mean, we've talked about this. You're a store brand chip guy. Yeah, I can't oh, yeah. do it. I can't do it. I ate too many store brand chips when I was a kid. Except Doritos. I will not stand with store brand. My parents couldn't afford ruffles. I want to eat some ruffles. (laughs) Now that I'm an adult and I can afford the ruffles, okay, I want these kids to have some ruffles. You know? Because I grew up without the ruffles. I'd eat those flimsy store chips. So, you know, it's all how you're brought up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was brought up on store brand and I still do it (laughs) because. (laughs) Because <laughs> I'm a cheap ass, so there we go. So. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
we hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Let me, I got to get more water here. I'm dying. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Listen, I got something for you. Yeah. I got to te- I got to read you this text message I got this week. It says, uh, do you ever take listener questions on the podcast? I'm reading all this verbatim, by the way. Um, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we we you know usually when we're light on topics. But go ahead, yeah. If this this per is this so a, I said is this a person I should care about? Is this a person that deserves to have their their question it's a answered? Listener. Listen, so I said sometimes. Is it that jerk a... that buried my vacation? Because if so, tell him to hit the bricks. Right, someone else. Okay, good. It says I said sometimes on a slow week, and sometimes we take calls too, and. He said, okay, great, and I'm going to read this verbatim. <laughs> Do I have he to said, call them? Okay, no, you're going to have the question here. Okay. He said, can you say, hey, Rich, I have a special question from a listener. Hi, love the show. Rich, you made disparaging comments about the versatile Obi Toppin earlier this year on the now silent Voices of Wrestling Twitter. Do you regret the comments? <laughs> Do I regret the Obi Toppin? <laughs> Are you using this as your way to now get... Uh, go get water. No, I I promised this person I would ask okay. on the air. My response was I will ask that, and their response was thank you. So there you go. Okay, Rich, special question for you. Special question of why I besmirched Obi Toppin. Um, 
the same Obi Toppin that's averaging seven points a game this year. The same Obi Toppin with fourteen minutes per game. I don't know if any of that's true. I the don't same Obi Toppin to who uh, has made what? How many threes this year so far? Two out of seventeen attempts. That's are these all facts? That these are all facts. Yeah, I'm reading his basketball reference page right now. Um, I wasn't aware of any of this. Yeah. I just asked the question. Yeah, 14 minutes. Yeah, he's up from 11 minutes uh, his rookie year to now a exploding 14 minutes per game. <laughs> um, uh, 7.7 points per game. He's got more fouls per game than assists. Well, he describes him as the versatile Obi Toppin. Yeah. Um, is he related to Obi Toppin? No. Okay. Uh, I have no other reason why he's so loyal to Obi Toppin. Um, I like how he said, "I'm the now silent voices." <laughs> right, like as, as if that is one of the reasons because I'm <laughs> I'm hiding from my Obi Toppin slander. I think he's implying that you're hiding from the Obi Toppin. <laughs> right, a guy who's almost entirely out of the rotation of the New York Knicks. The uh, did Obi Toppin have a big game or something that prompted this? Because um, let me check and see if Obi Toppin has had a big game. Anytime soon. That pro- you got. When did you get this message? This week? Uh, yesterday at 9.26 p.m. Okay, he uh, he got 14. Oh, my God. An explosion of 14 points <laughs> against Milwaukee. Uh, the Knicks lost by 12. Uh, he played 20 minutes. I wonder if he played most of the fourth quarter. <laughs> it would be interesting. Let me see. Well, I know uh, the Knicks came back from, like, down 20 last yeah, night. But yeah, they ended yeah. up losing anyway. Right? Uh, he played the entire fourth quarter. Scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. So good for him. Oh, well, there you go. I bet you he was – this listener was probably all <laughs> excited hyped excited about this. Because the Knicks came back from down 20 and took the lead. Toppin was having a big quarter. Yeah. yeah. And then they ended up losing anyway after he sent the question. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we started out the year. I believe you also – there was some sort of allusion to Obi Toppin at the beginning of the year as well because he had 14 points. Another scoring explosion here with 14 points in the opener. A four-point yeah. win against Boston. He scored 14 points. Uh, the next night against Orlando – New York blew the doors off the Orlando Magic, won by 25. The upstart Orlando Magic, who stink, as always, uh, he had 13 points. And then, Joe, he had 2, 9, 5, 1, 6, 7, 6, 11, 4 were his next uh, points. Rebounds, so... not really great rebounds either. So he's, he's very versatile. He has two rebounds, two rebounds, 4, 1, 2, 3, 2, 2, 2, 3. Well, are you ready to take back your slander or no? Assists. Since he's versatile, correct? Yes. The versatile Obi Toppin. All right. Zero, two, one, two, one, one, zero, 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 one, three, two. Yeah, but I think it's only fair to look at the per 48 minutes. <laughs> right. And the, see how it extrapolates. The, the per 100 <laughs> possessions or. <laughs> right. But, uh, but the bottom line here is. His, his effective field goal. Look at the on off stats. And his on off. I will get. I'm, I'm looking at this now. His on off stats are pretty damn good. So. Well. The Knicks are 21.6 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the court, so maybe they should play him a little bit more. Are you ready to take back your Obi Toppin slander? That's what the man wants to know, and I think he's probably listening this week, and he may be listening um, right now for all He might. Uh, my answer, no. He still stinks. So there you okay. go. Okay. All right. Well, listener, I said I would ask. Yeah. So there you go. Once he I stops got losing in. minutes to fucking Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks and, and Emmanuel Quigley, <laughs> then we'll talk. Okay, listener, you heard it. Right? Isn't that fair? Uh, listen, I am neutral here. I don't know anything about... When Emmanuel quickly has more minutes per game than you, no, I'm not going to reduce my slander. So. All right, fair enough. 
This has been an ongoing feud you have with this listener with Obi Toppin. This has come up before you. Yeah, yeah. This is he's so invested in Obi Toppin. He's a Nick fan. Yeah, Maryland. Is he like where did where do he went to Maryland? Right, Dayton. Dayton. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he's not. A, is he? Oh, I doubt he's a Dayton fan. Right. That's the they, they were a exist. tournament favorite, and the tournament got canceled. Remember? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old. Uh, well, because he was like he's like twenty four years old, which is always a good sign too when you're. 24 in college. So. Look, he was an excellent college player. I'm, I'm not gonna sure he was because he, he was six years older than everybody else on the court. <laughs> he's a man playing with boys. Of course he's good. I can't speak to his pro career. I haven't seen a single minute. <laughs> he's fine. He's a 24-year-old bottom-of-the-rotation guy on the Knicks. I mean, uh, Would you rather have Obi Toppin or Otto Porter? I'm going to make you mad here. I'd rather have uh, Obi Toppin, I believe. You you still think Otto Porter's good? I'm telling you, he's not that good anymore, man. He's really nah, bad. He's, good. he's gonna win a ring this year with. with uh, he might, State. yeah, he might, he might. Yeah. You know, I think I, I will. I will admit though, he is a little bit better on the Bulls. He he barely could run, but he he feels a little bit better this year. But uh, he still kind of stinks. He's the oldest 28 year old you've ever seen in your life as well. He's 28. He's four years older than Obi Toppin, by the way. He's been playing since what? Like He's like a 10-year veteran. How's that possible? Because he, he didn't play in college for five years like Obi Toppin did. Which is not a good thing. That doesn't bode well when you're 25 and playing in college. So. Anyway. I see uh, Omar Yurt7, former, former Hoya, is doing great with Miami. I don't even know who that is. Who? Omar Yurt7? Seven? Seven? Center? From Turkey? Omar Yurtz. <laughs> yeah, it's on the heat. You think I'm making that up? Look it up. Was he? Did he? Uh, did he stand up for uh, Markeith Morris in the uh, Nikola Jokic fight? Or no? Uh, listen, I, 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 he may have. I mean, oh, I remember this guy. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think he's doing much for the Miami Heat. I hate to tell you, he has played a total of 27 minutes so far, but. Uh, Hey, you got to. Everyone's got to start somewhere. He's twenty three as well. What is the hell? He's a five year college player, I think, because he Jesus. started at NC State. Man, he was born in nineteen ninety eight. I don't think he touched a basketball until he was like eighteen. Cut him a break. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Jeez, you're a hard marker. I'm a hard. Well, we're talking. You know, God, coming on here with. He's two years older than Tyler Hero, who's three in his third year already. So. Again, the man transferred. He sat out a year. That's fine. I know. He, I know. Yeah, those rules suck. Those transfer rules suck. So I'm glad they've uh, changed. He this. wanted to play for Pat Ewing. He was willing to sit out a year to learn from another big man. <laughs> How are your Hoyas looking this year? Ah, uh, not looking good. No, <laughs> how's this empire not uh, not doing well? Well, I mean, they lost a lot from last year's tournament team. They're young. I don't know why we're going to these tangents. We, we got to get to this new Japan because your voice is not going to last if we. It's a, it's really struggling. Yeah, it, we're I, I, maybe we're trying to recover it here. Let, let's get a new Japan so then we can hopefully uh, get out of here in a timely manner so you can uh, hopefully be okay I'm for Saturday as well. I'm, so I'm surprised you went to the Bulls game last night instead of the DePaul opener. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't want to mush them again. So. They were so good. They were so good. If people don't know the story, DePaul. I'll tell you the story. Yeah, go ahead. DePaul, who's been awful for like 30 years ever since. uh, (laughs) Mark Aguirre, since Mark Aguirre left. Yeah, they've been Joey Meyer retired. (laughs) They've been terrible. Okay, they finished last place in the Big East every year. 
They get off to a 9-0 start. They're the talk of the town legitimately for the first time in years. They're getting some buzz. Rich says, I'll go check out this DePaul team. Goes to a DePaul game. They're playing Buffalo. They lose. And then they proceed to go like 11-23 and 23, uh, the rest of the way <laughs> after the their 9-0 and start. Yeah. You totally mushed them. They were like, they got like ranked like number 16 in the nation. And people were like, oh, baby, DePaul's back. Let's go. And yeah. then I came and, yeah, that was. That was the end of that. Pretty quickly. Not even the good Buffalo team. Like Nate Oates left for Alabama by then. Like it wasn't even Oates. As no, no. It was like, yeah, it was like they, some old dude. Yeah, I don't even remember who yeah. it was. Some old ass dude. That <laughs> just completely ruined them. So, um, yes. no, I will go to a DePaul game though this year. I promise I will do that. So, um, watch the, the old blue demons. Do their work. Okay, let, let, we got to get to this. New Japan power struggle. Uh, let's let's To make this a little bit easier, let's talk about the top stuff. We don't have to go through the undercard and all this other stuff. What of the undercard did you see? Did anything stand out to you? Did, did, okay, did, do you have anything to say about the undercard? Well, Dukai and uh, Kanemaru, they beat the Young Lions. That was, you know, it was exactly what you would expect for a match like that. Yeah, four minutes, real quick. I don't have a lot of takes on these Young Lions yet. I watched them on... The whole G1 tour. Yeah, I don't know quite yet. Sometimes you see it. I don't know if I quite see it yet with either of these guys, but uh, it's obviously They're not allowed early. to do much yet. That's yeah. the problem. They're, they're still in that stage where they just they, – they're not allowed to have any offense. Um, I mean, they dragged Gato and Jado into the ring on this show with Tangaloa. So, you know, that they, you know it was a full show for the first time in a long time, and it was Makabe, Hanma, and Tiger Mask. I'll say that Makabe – Man's got a belly on him these days. He, he does. Those gonna, sweets. He's been eating a lot of those sweets. A lot of sweets. <laughs> Halloween's, not in ring Halloween's shape. a tough time for him. So. No, he is not. He's not staying in ring shape. And then uh, the LIJ leftovers, Bushi, Hiromu, and Sonata. Uh, they beat Wato, Taguchi, and Yuji Nagata. And then um, that would not be the end of Yuji Nagata for the evening, though, because he would come back for uh, that King of Pro Wrestling deal. And then we got to the business end of the card. You know, as we predicted, as I think everybody on earth predicted, um, I was refreshing my bookie feverishly looking for a betting line, but they never put one up. House of Torture, the new never open man, six man champions, ending what really was a great reign for Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi. Yeah, I'm kind of sad to see them lose. I mean, it's fine because, like, we knew it was going to happen, but it's just kind of, it's like, ah, they, these, these guys were good. You know what I mean? It was a fun, it like legitimized these titles a little bit and made it like a team that really enjoyed having the titles that really did well with them, like really cared, really had good matches and stuff. So it, it is a little disappointing, but. It's um the good thing about having full shows again is we don't get 40 minute, never open weight, six man tag team title matches. We get 13 minute, never open weight. Six. I don't think they ever went 40, but they definitely went like 25 at times. Um, what did you think of this amateur wrestling deal between Yano and Okan? Um, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's so much better than like the mindless, dumb, like weird comedy stuff that they tend to do with these guys. I kind of liked that it was a little bit more of, of, I don't know. It was, it was strange. I, I wanted to hate it, but then I ultimately actually kind of think I liked it when it was done. <laughs> what I, where, where did you land on it? I thought Yuji Nagata explaining the points was the most interminably long and non. I mean, <laughs> that, that could have been slimmed down a little bit. God, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, geez. they probably could have tightened that up a bit. So, um, I think it was interesting, and I was into it for like the first minute, and then I was really bored, and I just didn't care anymore. I thought it was a, it was different, and it was an interesting idea, but I don't really want to see it ever again. Um. 
but it was different. And I'd rather watch, like you're saying, I'd rather watch that than some Yano. Yeah, Yano taking the corner match. pad off and Yano, t- t- you know, taping some guy's hands to the ring pole. I've seen that 10,000 times already. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was fun to at least be something a little bit different. But and they were wearing their wrestling singlets and they had the corner man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like was... that. Yeah. Aaron Harnare come out. To, you know, it's, it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I really liked was um, so Yano won it by a point. He won six to five and they had the running scoreboard in the corner on the screen. And did you ever hear a person more relieved than Kevin Kelly when he was like, oh, great. We're going to have a scoreboard. Oh, yeah, he's thinking, oh, my God. I don't know how to score wrestling. Are you kidding me? Yes. He would have been lost and had no clue how to call this match. If Hell that's no. Good. And I'm sure he'd admit it to, to you know, privately. Uh, but they put the little scoreboard. Yeah, he was like, the- oh, a scoreboard. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, you could tell his, his tone completely his changed. Voice. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like a score bug when you're watching a yeah, game. Like right, it was right, on the right. bottom of the screen. It was very handy. Um, so uh, Yano wins by a point. But I loved how Okan like attacked him afterwards and put the boots to him. Yeah. That I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. That's just classic pro wrestling. You know, like the heels like, all right, I lost. But fuck this guy. I'm going to kick his ass anyway. So. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. And it was it was something different, at least. Um. So Despy beats Robbie Eagles for the junior title. So Despy will go into the Super Juniors as the junior champion. I thought that Robbie Eagles, as always, was really, really good here. He was selling the leg, and that became the story of the match. Then eventually he got put in the stretch muffler, and uh, that all led to the finish and everything. Robbie Eagles is a guy who could definitely get by doing spot fests, but he doesn't do that. No. All he of his can. matches, he can. Yeah, he just doesn't. <laughs> He's good enough to do that. Like he could, he could get by just just being a spot fest guy. But his matches always tell a great story and have you know a lot of psychology built into them. And that was no exception here. And obviously, Despy is that kind of wrestler too. So I thought this was really good. I thought it was borderline notebook. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was kind of, I, I was a little surprised by the finish. Uh, I did not think Desperado was going to win. I thought they would go with Eagles a little bit longer. Uh, but I don't hate the finish. I, I don't hate Desperado obviously winning the title. Uh, and I thought this was good. Yeah, I thought this was a really, really good match. And and it's one that, you know, and we'll talk about it on the rest of the show. There was a, some matches on the show that just, like, really died by not having a, you know, a crowd, not having a crowd that could cheer, all that sort of stuff. And that's been obviously a problem for New Japan for, for two years now. But this is one that this match could happen in front of 10,000 people, 10 fans, or whatever. It was just a, a really good in-ring match, and it really didn't matter how the crowd reacted. It didn't really matter how you know different things uh, were related to it. But no, I thought it was really, really good stuff, and, and these guys are, are, are great dance partners uh, and, and two of the better guys in New Japan this year uh, in terms of outputs that they've had. And, and, and yeah, Robbie Eagles, I, I think I could safely say probably one of the more underrated wrestlers in the world right now. He's so good, and I don't know that that many people really put him in that pantheon or think of him immediately. When you say, hey, who are some of the best wrestlers in the world? Or honestly, who are the best juniors in the world? I don't think he would come up uh, immediately, and that's uh, it, it sucks because he absolutely is. And he's, He gets he's overlooked, and, I, and you're right. I don't think he should. I mean, he's, he's very good. Um, all right, so Kenta beats Hiroshi Tanahashi for the U.S. title. So I guess Chase Owens is never getting that title shot. No, sorry, bud. (laughs) Um, So uh, it's just going to be one of those G1 things that people complain. Well, they won't complain in this case. They won't care. But um, I thought this was physical. I thought they worked really hard. Dude, Tanahashi, I'm like, he's getting to that top rope. It, where, where he's up, you know, the, 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 the spot where he, you know, Kenta's on the table and Tanahashi's on the top rope. And I'm thinking, all right, well, 
Kent is going to get up and toss him off or whatever. And then I'm like, this is going on a little bit longer. Like, is he going to, he just fucking does a high fly flip from the top rope to a table to the outside. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, that is a big time spot for yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi I, on a fucking power struggle, right? This was very physical. Very physical for um for a match with, you know, limited crowd, what, 2,200 people there or whatever in that, you know, 6,000-seat building or yeah. whatever it is in uh, in Osaka. This is the old body maker, right? The old body maker. Uh, yeah, Edeon, Edeon, the old body maker Coliseum, yeah, which I, it'll always be the body maker to me, so. Yeah, we're dragging gate run. You st- yeah, well, they, they still run. They run all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think that made up for, you know, what Kenta lacks now physically. And Tanahashi's losing some of his physical skills, too, even though he his output is still uh, very good. I, I didn't think this was a great match or anything, but I thought the physicality made up for it. Yeah, to me, there was, like, the collective tissue of the match kind of stunk. Like, between them, like, doing the really big spots and the really cool stuff. It was a lot of just like nothing happening. You know what I mean? You're just like, all right, what, what are you doing here? Let's go, guys. Let's go. And then they would go on and do like some big spot or, or something. So, like you said, a physical match with a lot of really fun spots. But uh, yeah, it, it, I think it lacked like a, a, a total, um, you know, uh, whatever people people use the terminology all the time, like different terms for it all the time. But I don't know. It just lacked a cohesion that that made it really work. You know what I mean? It was it was fine. So Okada beats Tamatanga to retain his. I don't know a title he just thing. decided to <laughs> this thing his midlife yeah. crisis. Yeah, I think Jay Michael, who who did uh, the review for Voices of Wrestling, uh, had a really good thing. Yeah, VoicesOfWrestling.com if you want to read that. Just an incredible thing about just Tan- uh, or Okada's like midlife crisis here, where he's just like, nope, it's a belt. I am the champion. They're like you're not the champion, man. It's like no, nope, it's yeah. I won the G one, but I want the title. They're like, well, yeah, you, you can get a trophy, and he's like, no, I don't. I, I want the belt. I'm like, all right, fine, you can have the belt. It's like, I'm the champion. They're like, you're not, you're not the champion. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's a very strange thing, and nobody's quite sure what to do. And I think even in the match header, he put like, you know, champion with a question mark because it's like, I, I sort of, <laughs> kind of. It's just, it's perfect yeah. midlife crisis stuff. I love it. It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, if Tamatanga would have won, he'd be wearing that belt, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> I suppose. So, um, I thought the match was good. I, you know. I, <laughs> This may have been one of those situations where it was a victim of me seeing hype before I watched it. I was expecting more out of this because everybody's going crazy about how great it was. People I were going crazy great. about this match? Yes. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Um, hmm. So on cage match, well, let's see. Maybe. Yeah, because my, my right. TV, my the match that I watched on my television was not that great. It was fine, but not. Uh... Cage match is an 8.04. Ooh. So that's a notebook match. Um, grapple. That seems high. It was an, a, a decent little match. That seems a little high for me. Well, what'd you have it at? Uh, I went three and three quarters with it. So, well, it's a quarter star more. What are you complaining about? <laughs> it's different. It's a big. It's a big quarter. That stars a big. a big quarter. Grapple is at three point eight three. Okay, so I'm I'm with the uh, the angry Europeans that hate everything. So, yeah, I'm at like three and a half, three point seven five, somewhere in that neighborhood, but. Um, maybe I just saw some people who really, really liked it as opposed to just, yeah. but I mean, it was better than the G1 match between the two. Um, and I thought it was a, a pretty good match, but I didn't, I didn't think it was a great match, but anyway, Okada wins as we all knew he would. And then that set up Okada challenging the winner of this one, which was Shingo 
in Zack Sabre Jr., which is getting rave reviews all over the place. Um, actually, the the ratings for this aren't as high as I thought they would be either. It's Interesting, because I like this match a lot. 4.38 on Grapple. Okay. And 9, 9.19 on Cage. Well, yeah, that's... Those are pretty good. It's a big-time rating on, on, on Cage Match, because that's like four and, over four and a half. Um, but 4.38... On grapple, that's more the neighborhood I'm in. I didn't love it. I thought it was really good, but I didn't. I'm seeing match of the year hype, and I'm not that crazy. No, 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 no. While I say I loved it, I'm, I'm definitely. It's not in my match of the year whatsoever. I, th- I thought there was a lot of really, really good stuff to like about it. Um, I'm, I'm at four and a quarter basically with it. So easy, easy, like quote unquote notebook for me. Uh, but no, I, I think it's very far away from being like a match of the year contender or anything like that. It really good stuff. I mean, there was a lot of great work in it. I think it told a very good, cohesive story. Uh, Zach has been tremendous and, and kind of carried over what I thought was a really good G1 uh, into this match. Shingo is Shingo. He's he's awesome. And these two guys have great chemistry in this match. And there was a lot of really, really fun spots and a lot of really cool kickouts and stuff. It's just there's a certain, to me right now, there's a certain ceiling on any New Japan match that like maybe for some people it's not a barrier. But to me, it's just like, I don't know, without, without a crowd really, truly making noise, it's really hard for me to invest that much in these matches or invest that much in kickouts or invest that much in kind of the story of the match. I mean, in a vacuum, it was very, very good. But, but it, I, I think it just, it, yeah, it, it nowhere near match of the year contender for me. But still, still a match that I would definitely go and check out. Like if you haven't watched the show yet, I would say you should definitely watch it. But I, I, I think I actually prefer their G one match a little bit more than this one. Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Um, I think they're they're similar. This one, this one was really. I like the pace. I mean, this was a half-hour match that flew by. It did fly by. When they made it a 30-minute call, I could not believe it had already been 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it went a shade over a half hour, and it it, it definitely was the kind of match that didn't drag for those 30 minutes. It, it flew by. Um, and Shingo was great as usual, and, and Sabre, this was more a Sabre-style match than a Shingo-style match, so he was obviously uh, very good as well. But um, Shingo gets by as you knew he would because, you know, Sabre wasn't even – probably wasn't even going to be – I mean, it would have been Abushi, right? I mean, Abushi probably – you think Abushi would have – um, had he not gotten hurt, I mean, that was – he would have been the opponent, right? I think, even so. Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, you know, he it, it delivered from that aspect. Um, I'm like – I'm with you. There's still – I'm not as down on New Japan as you are, but um, it still doesn't feel like... I just can't get invested in it. Yeah, it's just hard to really get like, all right, let's go. I I just don't... Yeah, and it's not just the crowds either. I think there's also... And we'll we'll talk about it as we obviously get closer to Wrestle Kingdom and the preview of that. I'm just that that invested in the title and the top picture, and it sucks because like I love, love Shingo. You know what I mean? He's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Okada, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I've been clamoring for a Zack Sabre Jr. push for a while. Will Ospreay, I love Will Ospreay. You know, like everybody that's in the yeah. mix, I love. I just the stories. I just I'm just not into the the booking of New Japan right now, and it's they've they've done a lot to make me not care about what feels like something I should easily, easily very much care about. But uh, it, it's, we'll see as we get into Wrestle Kingdom and it might, maybe it is just the crowds, but I also think the booking, the multiple titles, the the confusion, the multiple day Wrestle Kingdoms, the, the G1 trophy. No, it's a title. No, now it's just to me. I like Joe. I liked boring ass new Japan where you won the fucking G1. You got a trophy 
and then you faced the champion at Wrestle Kingdom, and then whoever won the title then was the champion. You know what I mean? Like that's I kind of just like that. Yeah, between the nineteen guys having claims for the title again, which seems like they're just going to do that every year, and then it doesn't look like crowds are going to be back in time for Wrestle Kingdom. I really think I'm going to struggle with those shows. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll get more of the crew back in. You know, Jay White and Willow Spray and all those guys, and that'll help. But um, yeah, I just, I just, I'm still patiently waiting around for it to be real New Japan again. Yeah. And I, I think when it is, it's going to be great. I mean, that's been my opinion all along. I think when they get do get the crowds back and the crew back, this this roster is as loaded as anybody's. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm waiting for, and I, I just don't think Wrestle Kingdom it's gonna it's gonna happen in time. And the bigger these buildings, with the with the it's the worse it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's just oh god, the it's echo, just uh, that echo, yeah, yeah. The clap, the echo, the sound of a clap echoing <laughs> into a rooftop is just. Ugh. Robbie Eagles trying to clap the crowd. They, <laughs> I know they, they can't go along with him, and it's just. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. But, hey, we got tournaments now. Yeah, Best of the Super Juniors and the World Tag League. There's a fantastic preview of the Best of the Super Juniors uh, up at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Andrew Rich, host of uh, Music of the Mat, uh, published that. Really, really good stuff. So if you're looking to get into the Best of the Super Juniors, VoicesOfWrestling.com, check out that preview. Uh, starts on November 13th. Yep, this weekend already, Joe. Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, it is 12 participants in one block. Uh, last year, they did 10 participants in one block. And in prior years, they had obviously done blocks. Uh, this time, one block, 12-person round robin. Here we have El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, Taiji Ishimori, Sho Yo, Bushi, Master Wato, Robbie Eagles, Ryusuke Taguchi, Duki, El Fantasmo, and Yoshinobu. Kanemaru are your best of the Super Juniors. I mean, that's pretty much the list you thought it was going to be. I don't think anyone's a real surprise there. And I think the winner is, I mean, it's it, there's there can't be any more of a mortal lock to win this tournament than than Hiromu, right? Yeah. Like, why even have the tournament? Just, just give it to Hiromu. I mean, it, there's some fun matches in there, but yeah, it's like there's no interest whatsoever in who's going to win this. It's so clearly going to be Hiromu without any any doubt whatsoever. One block. So they're not even splitting it into two blocks. So you get everybody will have 11 matches. Um, So 22 for the max points. You figure Hiromu will have like, you know, between 18 and 20 or something like that. And, uh, and win the whole thing. Uh, You know, I mean, it's not the most exciting field, but they had to use all the native guys. You know, they couldn't bring anybody in. And it's fine. Yeah, all things considered, it's 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 not bad. I mean, Desperado will go in there and have great matches. Hiromu will go in there and have great matches. Ishimori is always kind of a you never know with him. Sometimes Eagles. yes. Yeah, Eagles will have tremendous matches. Uh the show and yo stuff will be fun, obviously, when they face each other. Um Bushi is fine in some times. And Taguchi always goes out there and and, and I don't know if he still can do that. Uh, but there used to be many, many years where he would go out there and just bust his ass during best of the super juniors. I don't know if that's one of those. <laughs> I don't know if he's doing it these times, but uh, uh, having Phantasmo in there does help a little bit too. I mean, he he definitely like I know he's not everyone's uh, bag, but he's you know I I do enjoy uh, the 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 Phantasmo experience uh, for right now. But I, I think yeah, it's a solid enough tournament. I, I don't think I'm going to be watching every single match from it, but uh, there will certainly be matches that I'll definitely check out. Yeah, I wonder if Show is going to cheat the whole way. Mm. You know, so you keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um. Probably right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably yeah. 
And then we have World Tag League. That is a 12-team round-robin format this year. Uh, so, again, one block, 12 teams, round-robin. Starts on November 14th, concludes on December 15th. So they're going to be doing the staggered thing where the 13th is going to be the best of Super Juniors, the 14th World Tag League. So anytime they're doing shows, it'll be one, you know, one, 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 one. So uh, leading to the December 15th when I think they both culminate uh, on that show. World Tag League, uh, we have some fun teams here to talk about. One team in particular that I'll, I'll, uh, I'll save for the last on our list. But we have Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toro Yano. Uh, teaming together, we have great bash shield. Do you want to do you want to react to Tanahashi and Toro Yano? We have different definitions of fun. It's <laughs> a fun team. Uh, great bash shield, Togi Makabe and Tomiaki Hanma. Joe's a, a spirit animal right now. Uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, Tenkoji, Yuji Nagata. So you have two teams that are actual teams. Yes, uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask. Uh, Hiroki so Goto Tiger and Mask, Yoshihashi. Tig- yeah, go Tiger Mask, I had a report behind the paywall this week, $5 tier. Um, he was He's a replacement. Probably, I couldn't confirm it, but it looks like for, for Kota Ibushi would have been in that spot. When yeah, oh, that seems like a mortal lock. Yeah, is that, I'm trying to think of how many times. So, so Tiger Mask was going to be the alternate for the junior title, uh, for the uh, best of super juniors. In case you know COVID or sure, sure, be. sure. But instead, they couldn't. Whoever Nagata's partner was going to be, who may have been Abushi, you know, and he isn't ready yet. So what they did because Tiger Mask is one half of the Junior Tag Team Champions, right? So right. This weird. is this is also his first ever uh, tag league because he's always been in the best of the Super Juniors yeah. instead. He hasn't been in the tag league, so yeah. And so it's pretty weird to have one half of the junior tag champs in the heavyweight world tag league. Well, that's the reason he, yeah. he's a, he's a replacement. And since he, what they didn't need him for super juniors, as it turned out, he ended up being the replacement. Uh, and then moving on here, we have uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi Naito Tatsuya Naito back, apparently nice and healthy. And man, I can't, that seems like a tough, a real quick timeline to come back, but he's apparently ready to go. Uh, he's going to be face, uh, teaming with Sonata uh, in the World Tag League. I would, I would be definitely expect Sonata to do a lot of the heavy lifting there. I, d- does this seem like a very short timeline for Naito to be back already, or, or does this sound about right to you? Well, I mean, I don't know. Was it work? Was a like how worked was the injury? Or I'm not saying he wasn't really hurt, but how we don't know the extent. Of right? The injury was it? A t- or- was it just like, hey, my knee kind of hurts a little bit, or was it like a truly tear, like a tear or something like that? Because well, yeah, for, well, to take him off of the tour, it had to be se- somewhat serious. They weren't going to pull him off the, the a G one tour. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. But we never really got a report that we don't know whether he blew an ACL or we don't know what the injury was. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if it's maybe he did blow out his knee and he's just going to fucking tape it up and go. I don't I don't know how wise that is for World Tag League. Right. But... I would say, like, if you're going to sit out the G1, if it's bad enough that you're going to sit out the G1, I think I would also just say, hey, chill out on the World Tag League and, and make sure you're ready for for Wrestle Kingdom. But... but if he's not in the title picture at Wrestle Kingdom and he's going to be in the tag title match, then he has to do this tour True. to win the tournament. Right. And maybe that's where they got it. They said, hey, man, tape it up and, and we'll keep you to a minimum. You know, we'll have Sonata do the heavy lifting because, yeah, we, we want you to rehab, you know, active recovery here where you were in the ring. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see. We'll definitely see when he comes out and see how, much, how taped up it is and, and, and what his work looks like uh, to, to find out. So that, that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, Dangerous Techers uh, in this as well. Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., of course. Uh, I'm going to skip this one team. We'll go to them in a second. Great Okan and Aaron Hanare. Uh, the Girls of Destiny back after Tamatonga's single foray. We have uh, Tamatonga and Tangaloa. Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. 
Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens, so all kind of the standard teams that nobody's really surprised about. But then this one name got everybody up in arms and wondering, oh my God, what is happening here? Minoru Suzuki and Taka Michinoku. He's back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, so again, full details behind the paywall, $5 tier, but uh, this is another Dick Togo initiative. He's been pushing to get Taka back in for a long time. I mean, he tried to get him in for uh, the the junior tag league earlier this year to team with uh, Dookie, but um, th- they didn't go for that. And the lobbying this time worked because they didn't, they wanted to avoid using young lions or any kind of um, drastic outsiders for this thing. So because Taka at least has a tie in with Suzuki gun and everything, you know, having using, you know, used to be in the stable and all that. Um, Togo finally lob- lobbied successfully to get him back in. So he'll team with Suzuki. And as of right now, it's a one-off the tour. There's still some heat there, although some of it has subsided. But um, it's a one-off. You could look at it as a trial run, though, because he has Togo in his corner, and Togo is continuing to gain influence in the office. So if Taka behaves himself and acquits himself well, you know it's possible you see more of him. But for now, it's a one-off. And I know a lot of people have asked, because it's Taka, you know, the, the just tap out crew, there's no plans to bring in any of the other JTO guys mm-hmm. at this time. It's just Taka. It's just for this tour. But um, do I think he can prove himself here and maybe work his way back into everybody's good graces? Maybe. But I was also told that a lot of the crew aren't happy about him being brought back. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's going to lose the fall every night. And the team is not going to do well. I mean, they're not going to win more than a couple of matches in this thing. Cause he's probably the lowest ranked guy in this whole deal. Right. Yeah. You, well, Tiger going. mask, uh, the, the only thing you would say Tiger mask, but he's a champion. So he obviously yeah. is going to get protected at least a little bit. And then I guess yeah. you go to like a chase, chase Owens. Owens and a huge or your next two guys. But yeah, I'd say Taka's probably below or yeah, I think he's definitely below chase Owens and I would put him probably below Udro And that's in this case too. Taka's the lowest ranked guy in this tournament. I mean, even when he was with the company, he was a pin eater. And now he's like technically an outsider. So they're not going to win many matches. You know, they'll win one or two matches tops and he's going to lose every fall. But um, I have more details on that. Like I said, behind the paywall that there's some Jay White details coming off of that interview he did with Fightful, which I think we have details nobody else has. And, um, you know, the Tiger Mask stuff. So that's on the $5 tier. Uh, so that is the World Tag League. Like we said, 12-team 12 round, uh, round robin, just one block, starts uh, this weekend, uh, concludes on the 15th. So both those tournaments going on back to back. Uh, and then we'll do our final topic here, and then we'll get out of here, let Joe uh, rest that voice uh, for this weekend so he's all good for full gear. Uh, battle in the Valley, New Japan Battle in the Valley coming up this weekend. Uh, we talked about, unfortunately, going head-to-head-ish uh, with full gear. Uh you know, it's it's unfortunate that it kind of happened that way, but it's fine. You know, the people that are going live for, for Battle in the Valley, I, the tickets are still... I think they did okay ticket-wise, right? They ended up... Uh, I forget where they were on the last. I haven't seen what Russell Tick said. I they, see conflicting reports. Russell Tickets is saying like fourteen or 1,500. Okay. And then there's another source saying 1,900. 
That's a big difference. Um, yeah, I wonder which. It's a big difference, <laughs> yeah. and I and I and I don't know where the difference lies, but I'm gonna go with wrestle tickets because they seem to be very accurate. They've been solid as fuck, yeah, so far with these sorts of things. So we're gonna say they're at about fifteen hundred as we speak. Yeah, this is so. This is seven hours ago. They said uh, tickets. Yeah, fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred and two tickets. Uh, supply estimated setup capacity two thousand. So only six nine percent. Yeah, so only six nine percent of those uh, uh, picked up. So we'll see if there's a walk up or if that's probably going to be it. And and yeah, running head to head with full gear, running at the same time as full gear is probably not going to help that much at all. So there might be a couple hundred walk up and a, and a you know a couple dozen more um, you know in the next two days. They'll probably be around fifteen or sixteen hundred. Which is a which that's is a good little number, house. yeah, good little number, yeah. I mean, like you said, optics are very interesting here. Where you know they, they come in here and they they you know they sell six hundred tickets, and people are like, I don't know, <laughs> things aren't going good. It's like that's not bad. Like how, how many indies would kill to sell sixteen thousand tickets in San Jose? You know, sixteen, well, sixteen hundred or six hundred. Sorry, sorry, not sixteen thousand. That'd be I big. Any, I think anybody would like to sell sixteen. <laughs> sixteen thousand would be big. That's a big story now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and and you know. For people who don't know, I mean, it wasn't originally head-to-head with Full Gear. And they would have had mocks on the show. Well, I guess at the end of the day, nobody would have had mocks. But you get the idea. Right. They, you know, AEW ended up changing the date and everything and, and then pulling the people they needed for the pay-per-view. And then you have people who don't want to buy tickets because they want to stay home and watch the pay-per-view because it's head-to-head. So, you know... Through no fault of their own, New Japan really got screwed here. Okay, so they bring Okada in, and they're going to put Okada on the show. And with as many times as Okada was mentioned on Dynamite the other night, you know he's showing up in AEW at some point. It obviously can't be at full gear because he needs to be in San Jose. But they wouldn't have mentioned Okada, you know, 478 on dynamite if he's not showing up yeah in every tweet leading up to it every single second on dynamite okada okada chaos okada chaos okada to to the point where tony shivani i'm like tony you don't like tony was saying it every single time that he could i'm like tony how much do you know about okada shut up so it's clearly on some sheet that said mention kazuchika okada as many times as possible so so it's gonna hurt their pay-per-view buys because people are gonna choose AEW, and it's hurting some of their ticket sales as well i mean anecdotally I've seen people in our Discord flat out say, I would have went to this show, but I'm staying home to watch the AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. So, you know, and they're still going to draw, you know, 15, 1,600 people minimum. You know, depending, I'm sure they'll sell a hundred, couple hundred tickets between now and, and bell time. Um, you know, so Resurgence did the sellout 2,200 plus, And then they did... You know, between 800 and 1,000 in Philly both nights. You did about 800 in Dallas both nights, seven 800. And now they're going to do about fifteen or 1,600 here. This is not peak New Japan where you're putting 6,600 people in the Cow Palace when the elite was still in the fold and AEW didn't exist. But I think people are being a little too hard on these numbers. I mean, that's not bad. They're doing game changer numbers, and the perception is game changer is super hot, and New Japan is super cold. And I get that the starting points matter. I'm not saying game changer is not hot because they are, and I'm not suggesting New Japan is hot because they're not. But I think that that perspective does matter. You know, they're averaging about the same. You know, 
I don't know that Game Changer has drawn 2,200 people for any of their shows right uh, yet. I mean, they will for Hammerstein. I don't know how many people they could fit in that you know showboat in Atlantic City. Probably about a thousand or something, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. 1,500, I don't know. But New Japan's going to do 1,500 this weekend. And New Japan did 2,200 in L.A. And New Japan puts 1,000 people in Philly back-to-back nights. I mean, I think people are being a little too hard on New Japan right now. And they don't have TV. You know? So they lost their TV. They lost the elite. And they're still putting four figures in these buildings. I mean, I don't think... You know, people act like these New Japan shows are complete disasters. I I don't know if I agree with that. I think they know their lane and they're not booking gigantic buildings. And, you know, they've had a sellout here or there. Yeah. I mean, LA sold out. You know, I, they're doing okay. They're doing fine. I mean, this show is going to have a very healthy gate. It's going to have a six-figure gate with the ticket prices. So... Uh, what's the card? Let's run down the card real quick. Yeah, I'll go real quickly through the card. Uh, really fun card on, on on paper. I wish I wish they weren't on at the same time because I would really like to watch this one too. But we will definitely watch it and review it uh, next week. Uh, Yuya Uemura and Josh Alexander. Yes. Yeah, sounds great. Fucking incredible. Uh, Brody King and Chris Dickinson versus Bateman and Mysterioso. Yeah, now the a lot stray of dog army of Bateman and Mysterioso. A lot of these matches. I mean, if you're keeping up with Strong, that helps. But you know, even if you're not. You know, they're just going to go out there and wrestle. So if you're a wrestling fan, you can jump right in and watch a lot of this stuff anyway. Uh, then we have Fred Rosser, David Finley, Rocky Romero, Alex Coughlin, and Alex Zane versus Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Jared Kratos, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs. We talked about that a big uh, Fred Rosser, Team Filthy uh, battle there, 10-man tag. Uh, yeah. Clark Connors and Carla Fredericks versus Jeff Cobb and TJP. Yeah, so United Empire, you know, getting together. On these shores, TJP, if people don't know, he's part of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and Jeff Cobb obviously is having a really big year. Uh, then we have a match that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, Ren Narita versus Will Ospreay. Very curious how Ren Narita does in this spot. Uh, curious how Will uh, does it as well because, uh, you know, obviously trying to – and they're really pumping up that character too and they're really trying to get stuff going. And, you know, New Japan, uh, you know, in, in Japan is saying, hey, you know, he's a paper champion. You got Okada here with his fake cha- – you know, so there's a lot that's going to come to a head here. So obviously Will Ospreay is going to win this and win this pretty definitively. Uh, but I'm super curious how Ren Narita uh, um, um, how he looks in, in this match. This is well, a big spot for when, him. So When Ren Narita was a young boy, Will Ospreay gave him a ton in Best of the Super yeah, Juniors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they had a four-star match. When, when Narita was a young boy. So this is Ren Narita who, you know, he's in that weird period where he's not a young boy anymore, but he's not really, you know what I mean? But he's not, a, he's clearly not a, treated like a young boy anymore. And Willow Spray is always a very generous worker. Like he, he, he sold for the guy when he was a young boy. He'll sell for him now. So they had a great match before. I don't see any reason why they can't have a great match again, even though it's, you know, a hundred percent outcome that Willow Spray is going to win. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's not. A... <laughs> uh, otherwise, we have Juice Robinson versus Moose. That's a uh, very interesting match. Juice Robinson and Moose. I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I think it's taken as a given at this point that Juice is going to leave in January when his contract's up. I think it would be more of a surprise if he didn't leave. Yeah. At this point, so you're curious of the booking there. I mean, it's not out of the question that Moose wins that. I mean, 
I might uh, he might be the betting line favorite. Oh, certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's just no justification for Juice winning right now, other than he's your roster guy. But he's your roster guy for what you know? Two more yeah. months, so you know, another month and a half or whatever. Yeah, I, I, what, what's that worth it to you? So, and I could totally see New Japan bringing in Moose when the world opens. Oh, up. for he's, sure, for sure. That strikes yeah, me as a guy they would love. Yeah, and he would love to be in there too. I think probably as well. It definitely, uh, uh, be pretty cool. So I'm ex- interested in that one. Uh, then, an, oh my God, Okada versus Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy, in front of a crowd that's going to be able to make noise. I am so I excited for that match. Yeah, and that tells you, I mean, you know, I think Buddy Matthews is in. I mean, I, you know, great spot. They gave him the Okada match and the perfect yeah. spot for him, too. And he's going to want to go out there and just make a statement and crush it. He's a nerd, he wants to have a great match. And uh, New Japan got him. I don't know if AEW made a play for him um, or how hard that play was. I'm sure Impact would have taken him, but he, New Japan got him. Yeah. And I think he's a great fit there. Yeah, he's playing and, a long game there probably a little bit, you know, of yeah. hoping that, you know, when the world opens up, he can go back and forth or whatever. So that is a risk to take because there's a lot of these domestic companies that are probably a little bit more stable. You know what you're going to get out of them. But the, you know, this is a, a great, to me, a great play. This is the way to go because, you know, if it works out and when the world opens up, this is going to be a, just a tremendous asset for him. Hey, it's going listen, to be perfect this for This guy is probably thinking Prince Devitt, AJ Styles, Willow Spray. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't that be me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's not wrong. He's, he's absolutely he's right, wrong. too. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he'll ever have the personality of some of those guys or the natural charisma of some of those guys, but let's see. He's not thinking that when his head hits the pillow at night. He's thinking, I'm going to be the next Willow Spray. I'm going to be the next... AJ Styles, and I'm going to become a global superstar, and New Japan's going to do for me what it's done for these guys. Yeah. So, and he's going to be motivated, and this is really his coming out party. He hasn't worked a ton of matches. I, I, I heard a rumor his price is real high. Now, I don't know how true that is or whatever, but maybe he's one of these guys that's like, look, I, I'm going to New Japan, and... That's where I'm going, and I'm not getting out of bed unless it's for you know what I mean. He could be one of those kind of. Sure. I, I yeah. don't know, but I love the idea of this dude in New Japan because I I think the way he works, it's big match buddy. Oh, big match I mean, buddy. He's got a great body too. Like you know, Tanahashi's gonna lay his eyes on this guy and go, "Whoa, here we go." You know, what I mean? like he's just perfect for that company. Yeah, he just he get, he's way too serious. You know, what I mean, he's an overly oh, yeah. serious. Big match guy, you can go spam. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. The aesthetic is good. Yeah. And people who don't know because they weren't watching those B-shows in those days, I mean, he picked up the name Big Match Buddy because he'd go out there on 205 Live or whatever the fuck every week and just crush it. I mean, it matches that nobody was paying attention to but me and like five other people. But trust me, this guy can go. I, You know, if Okada is in the mood – I mean, this might sound crazy. This has a match of the year ceiling. Oh, for sure. Yeah, especially in front of a crowd. And if Okada goes out there saying, hey, man. like, And it seems like, I mean, there seems to be a decent amount of hype around him. I mean, he's the one that called him out or whatever. But yeah, if Okada's feeling it and he wants to go out there, we know Big Match Buddy's going to be down to do it. And if Okada says, yeah, man, let's go and let's fucking blow the doors off. Let's do it. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, I'm, I, this is one of my most anticipated matches of the entire weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I cannot wait to see what happens in this one. Uh, and then also, oh, also, sorry, also if also if they already have plans for the guy, like if he's going to be in chaos or something, 
then Okada's going to want him to look good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for, certainly. Because we don't know what's coming after. Well, you know what I mean? Like, so, th- yeah, this is such an interesting match, and it's one that yeah, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, and then the main event uh, for Battle in the Valley, uh, never open weight title, Jay White defending against Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, if Ishii loses, he can never challenge for the never open weight championship again. So what do you what do you make of this match? Do you think Tomohiro Ishii does it in front of the San Jose faithful, or uh, does uh, Jay White move on? Well, if Jay White loses the title, there's going to be a lot of speculation. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. we have a big report behind the paywall, $5 tier. Um, and then at least read what what I have reported and then draw your own conclusions. But I happen to think Jay White is completely full of shit and is a worker's worker. I don't trust a word out of Jay White's mouth. From the time Jay White quote tweeted Dave Meltzer with that baseball cap and got real cute with Dave Meltzer, I immediately thought he was full of shit and nothing that I have heard from anyone in that locker room or elsewhere has, has led me to change my mind. He's a worker. He's always working. Um, I, I, I personally believe he was under a seven year contract. I don't know when it's up. Um, but, and I don't think a word he says publicly can be taken at face value and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a worker. Um, but, if he loses this title to Ishii, it's going to spark a lot of conversation again. But I think he'll win. I think he'll return to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom and all that. Um, but I would strongly advise reading that paywall report, $5 tier, and then uh, and then watch the show this weekend. Uh, real quickly, Andrew Rich uh, in the chat room uh, brings up a very good point that Moose is the Impact World Champion, which I kind of forgot about. So... Yeah, he's the he's he's the he's the favorite. To win yeah, the I would say that that yeah, that makes it a, a pretty much a mortal lock unless you really truly want to piss the impact off. So no, and I think a lot of people are probably going into that show thinking that that's a juice win. But I I I you know Moose is the clear favorite yeah. in that match for all of these reasons. And there and there's a long game with 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 Moose. Yeah, you like you said, Juice is probably done. Moose, you can maybe convince him, hey buddy, you know what I mean? Or you make a relationship with Impact and you say, hey, can we use Moose on X amount of shows? And and Impact should. Hopefully say, yeah, whatever, that's fine, as long, you know, protect him, don't put him in, you know, yada, 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 but sure, go ahead, you can use him every so often if you want, and that would be, I think, beneficial for everybody, because I think he'd fit like a glove in, in, in domestic, uh, or a new band strong in America, and then also in, in, in Japan as well, so... Um, there you go. Yeah, but I'm with you on JY probably winning this match. I think that probably works a little bit better, but I'd be fascinated if Tomori Ishii's holding that title. It would definitely uh, definitely cause a lot of speculation and uh, some interesting discussions. So uh, that is Battle in the Valley, and that is it for us here on the flagship. So, Joe, rest that voice up. We'll be back Saturday night for AW Full Gear. We're going live immediately following the show. Uh, so make sure you're on that $10 tier as soon as yeah. possible. Like we said, don't miss a second of the show. Cause we go live maybe five or 10 minutes after we don't want to wait for all you to upgrade and refresh and figure everything out. Upgrade now, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling or, uh, uh, voices of wrestling.com slash Patreon. Then you'll be good to go, uh, for the $10 tier instant reaction live immediately following, uh, AW full gear. We will review each and every match, give our ratings, give our thoughts, give our reactions. Like we said, one of our more popular shows every single time we do it. A uh, ton of activity in the chat room. It's just a party. It's a it's a party on a Saturday night here for sure. So um, 
you are, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun little ride to, to jump in on. So $10 tier, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, instant reaction live, plenty of other stuff at Patreon as well. If you want to jump in, uh, uh, Tony Khan's, uh, media call, we did that. We have a, a copy of that. Uh, I released a new episode of the yes movement. I released a new episode of CM Punk best in the world. There's last week's intelligentsia. There's this week's Thursday TV reviews. There is a lot of stuff up there at patreon.com slash voice wrestling. So you will get your money's worth for sure. But again, instant reaction live immediately following full gear. On Saturday. So, Joe, rest up that voice, and uh, I'll talk to you on Saturday. Yeah. There we go. So, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. Talk to you next time on The Flash.